downright un-American. No patriot. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. It's all about the money. Anti-American. They want the money. It doesn't have anything to do with patriotism. Anti-American. Patriotism. Anti-American. They were like death. And un-American. 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 Treasonous. Yeah, just why not? It doesn't have anything to do with patriotism. Anti-American. They want the money. I'll tell you something. Anti-American. Un-American. I mean, they certainly didn't seem to love our country very much. Right, un-American. Welcome to another episode of Un-American, the show about traitors, turncoats, and treasonous, where no fraud or grifter is safe. I am Brandon, and I am joined tonight by Franklin and Jim. How are you doing, Frank? Uh, I'm doing good, good, Brandon. It's good to be back. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. Uh, it's been, I know we kind of, Jim and I got together last week and kind of did like a little uh, cheat episode, um, but that's because that, there's so many reasons for that. Like, all of us have been dodging or exposed to COVID and the yeah, like. Yeah, January's been crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, been a, it's been a weird start to 2022 so far, so. But a lot of like, overlapping quarantines. Yeah. Yeah. It is good though to to finally be back in the same the same room. Not necessarily the most fun subject matter, but we we knew from the for the last what twelve months that this is how this week was gonna go. Like we're we knew what we were gonna talk about. Um, I feel so, like that's why we subconsciously have been pushing it back yeah. a little bit, just because like oh, this is a hard topic yeah. to get into again. <laughs> it really is, and like listening back to the last episode, the the uh, the. the the, from bullets to ballots or whatever that's a rough episode like again i'll say that atlantic i know i said it on that episode too but like i was you were lucky jim that you weren't there for that because that was just like i listened to it back since we've since we put it out I'm just like man that's really angry like there is a lot of emotion on this episode a lot um you know so it, it also makes me laugh too at like how naive we were when like we're sit- like at the beginning of that episode we're like the democrats are just taking power everything's going to be roses and butterflies and congress is going to work again yeah. it's going to work again no mm, not even close not even close uh so we should modify that to it's going to work mm. i don't think it ever has <laughs> yeah for sure how are you doing tonight jim i'm not bad not bad at all good good um, we're going to forego the silver linings at, for, I think, probably the majority of the uh, Unsurrection series, um, just because, there, especially for this episode, there's a lot there's a lot of content, and so we're going to just jump right into it. I also skipped the Freudian slip, um, because, fuck it, like, I'm going to, like, I, it's not necessary. Like, there's so much... There's so much content to get into here that, like, searching for that perfect, stupid, funny thing <laughs> that, that relates. I just, like, I, I wasn't wasting my time with it this time. Um, so, that being said, what we're going to focus on for the majority of this episode, well, for the entirety of this episode, is the January 6th commission, or I don't know if it's called that, the the select committee um, in Congress to to investigate, and we're just gonna kind of um, we're gonna name the pieces. There's not a ton of as as we go through, you'll notice there's not a ton of answers yet. 
Um, but there are a ton of implications. And well, there are I would say of... we know way more than we knew a year ago, right? Yeah, the J- 100%. The J6 Commission, at the very least, has released a bunch of text messages. We have a much clearer understanding of the timeline of the coordination that went into it. Right. Of some of the funding, we're still getting questions about... Still yet again, mostly nothing has happened. It, yeah. Yeah. It always feels like... And what makes me nervous, and you can kind of tell me at the end of this how where you how you feel um what makes me nervous is that like as we listen to this and as i went through this and and just started like pulling all these clips i was i have this fear uh that this may turn into another Mueller report or another in, uh, another impeachment where it's like well here's the report here's what we have and nothing, and happens. nothing happens yeah so i am i am nervous about that but i don't know i mean i think that it's uh I think it's something that we need to talk about. I think that the way that, um, I think, I guess what's best for history and for the country and whatever is to like, is to talk about it. Because if there is nothing that comes from this, the only thing, the only good thing that can come from this is that there is evidence and there is people to be like, this is what happened. So whether you want to believe it or not, like this is what happened. So I think it's something that needs to be, talked about and delved into and a lot's happened in a short time without a lot happening in a short time it's 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 fucking weird like Um, what is this gonna look like in a history book like we had all we had (laughs) all this evidence and then nothing happened well and i think that's kind of actually what you they're they're aiming for it's if you look at something like mccarthyism which didn't happen that long ago the Mm -hmm. red scare of the 50s they couldn't stop it they couldn't convince the american people that communism wasn't the boogeyman but what they could do is they could document his lies and the behind the scenes and they could let him be vindicated by history to the point now where not vindicated but or uh, or vilified yeah to the point now kind of like with nixon it doesn't matter if you're left or right history will judge you as they were a criminal you know yeah and, um, and I think that you know, like probably the, the, the two impeachments about Trump, the the Mueller report, uh, the J six commission. I think at the very least, if they couldn't, if they're impotent today, they will be brought out by history as being important. I can just see a yeah. high schooler in like twenty fifty being like, so he was impeached twice, and he still kept was remained or he still kept in office and possibly ran <laughs> again and maybe won again. How stupid are you, fuckers? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, we might get a Grover Cleveland situation of having another non-consecutive president. Like, how fucking crazy would that be? Yeah, yeah. That don't say that, Frank. Don't. This is already dark shit. Like, I don't need. I don't need that. I don't need that cloud hanging over the episode. <laughs> um, so I don't know. We're gonna start in July though of 2021 because that's really when this all when everything like kind of picked up. Like we knew that there was going to be a commission. They tried to do uh they they I I believe they voted for um like an independent commission and then the Dems and the Republicans wouldn't agree on that and so they decided it was gonna be uh well I believe this because Republicans were trying to put people on that didn't uh, agree that anything bad had happened yeah and we'll get into that pretty quickly here in the in the show but we're gonna start off on July 1st with Nancy Pelosi naming the panel who is going to be uh running so the- just like McCarthy she's naming names guys she's naming names as you can see I am very proud to be able to announce the members of that committee this morning. 
Uh, our chairman will be Benny Thompson. Uh, he's chair of the Homeland Security Committee, and he negotiated the bipartisan commission, and we thank him for his leadership. Chair Zoe Lofgren, House Administration Committee, which is having key hearings as Committee of Jurisdiction for the Safety uh, of the Capitol. Uh, the intelligence being very important to this chair, uh, Adam Schiff of the Intelligence Committee. Uh, Pete Aguilar, House Appropriations Committee. That is a committee of jurisdiction uh, for this, as well as being a member of the House Administration Committee. Um, I'm saying this in, in uh, seniority order. Congresswoman Liz Cheney uh, of the Armed Services Committee has patriotically agreed to serve on the committee. She has a family matter she's dealing with, may join us, uh, depending on how long this takes. But we're very honored and proud uh, that she has agreed to serve on the committee. All right, so here's where I... Where, where was Adam Kinzinger? Adam Kinzinger is there. I cut it off. Yeah. Because we're going to focus mostly on Thompson and Cheney throughout this episode. But Kinzinger is there. Kinzinger is pretty important, man. He, oh, he well, absolutely so is. Cheney. Is. You need those people who are... You you ha you cannot be a one sided. You ha even if just for looks, you have to have people from both parties involved, or it does. You can legitimately point to it as a witch hunt, right? This is that one hundred percent. Now the problem is, I mean, are are we lucky that we have people like Cheney and Kinsinger and these few Republicans, Murkowski? Are we lucky we have them, or is that like? Not nearly enough to do any actual. Good. Well, they're all getting called rhinos. Well, I mean, and they're getting you know challenged in their elect. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: if you, uh, it, like, if the argument at the start of the episode and probably at the finish of the episode is that this only matters for history books, then it absolutely matters that Kinzinger and, and Cheney and and any other Republican that's willing to be on there because it shows in history books that nobody's going to give a shit who Kinzinger is anymore in 50 or 60 years. But there will be an R there represented. Right. Um, and so I think that that, I think that that's beneficial. I also, too, you laughed when uh, Pelosi said that... Uh, she patriotically Cheney, agreed to but serve. I, but I think she did. I, it's not wrong. Like, it is her duty. Like, I, I don't like the Cheneys. Yeah. Period. And like, and Liz Cheney is still one of the most conservative members of Congress. So like, me and Cheney don't get along ideo ideologically. But when it comes to this, you like we just said, like you need it's Republicans that McCain thing of that, like, that, look, that, I don't, I would, I didn't vote for you. Like my first election, I got a chance to, and I didn't. Right. Uh, but I still respect the fuck out of you during the Trump years because at least you stood on principle. Right. When at so many you... people abandoned theirs, yeah. you at least McCain stood with what you believe. Yeah. Well, when, even if I didn't agree with it. When he was running it, against he Obama, uh, somebody at one of his rallies uh, tried to bring up, I believe it was the birtherism, and he he was just like, whoa, no, 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 we're, we're not going to do that. We're not here to talk about that. Right. So, uh, real quick, just to satisfy you, Jim, um, I will the, like here. Here's the here's the entire um, panel for the uh, J six. Uh, Benny Thompson of Mississippi is the chair. Um, Adam Schiff, Democrat, is of California. Um, Pete Aguilar of California. Uh, Stephanie Murphy of Florida. Jamie Raskin of Maryland. Elena. Uh, Lariah La of Virginia, Liz Cheney of Wyoming, and then Vice Chair Adam Kinzinger. Um, so yeah, that is uh, that, or I'm sorry, Liz Cheney is the Vice Chair. Adam 
and then Adam Kinzinger is there. I read that wrong. Adam Kinzinger is from Illinois. Um, but that's the, that's the full investigative body. So, um, I wanted to make sure that I didn't just totally cut off Nancy Pelosi. But as you mentioned, Frank, um, there was some hubbub, bub, uh, about the uh, about the um, the initial Republicans that were selected by Kevin McCarthy, who was the House Minority Whip, right? Yeah, I believe yeah, so, yeah. Um, so on, let's see, it was July twenty first. Pelosi rejects GOP picks Jordan. Uh, and banks on the Jan 6 committee. Um, This is from USA Today. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Wednesday rejected two Republican members from the select committee that will investigate January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. House Minority Leader Leader Kevin McCarthy responded, threatening to pull House Republicans out of the process. Uh, McCarthy on Monday selected five Republicans to join the committee. Ranking member Jim Banks of Indiana, Ohio Representative Jim Jordan, Illinois Representative Rodney Davis, North Dakota Rep Kelly Armstrong, and Texas Rep Troy Nels. Um, Earlier Wednesday, Pelosi said she must reject recommendations of Representative Representatives Banks and Jordan to the select committee. So, and in response... And in brackets, because they're batshit crazy. Well, and also, as you'll find out later in the episode, they also are, like, tied to this shit. Yeah. So, like, how ridiculous would it be to have Jim Jordan on the panel investigating the thing that, that, is, Im- that is implicating oh, him in crimes and yeah. wrongdoing? Like, that would be ridiculous. That would be like the police... Policing the police? It would be like the police investigating a police shooting. It doesn't fucking work. <laughs> like, it, it rarely works. Well, that's works. why they have IA, but... Right. Um, so, Nancy Pelosi is going to speak on this, and this is also Ju- uh, July 21st. Well, as the legislation allows, I did not accept two of the five people were appointed. Uh, they have made statements and taken actions uh, that... I think would impact the integrity of the commission, of the committee, the work of the committee. These people are going to act up, cause a problem. And people said to me, put them on, and then when they act up, you can take them off. I said, why should we waste time on something as predictable? This is deadly serious. This is about our Constitution. It's about our country. It's about assault on the Capitol that is being mischaracterized for some reason. At the expense, at the expense of finding the truth for the American people. Just uh, so you know, that was me playing the percussion in the background. Um, <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> that was a. I think that was a Hill piece on on for that I pulled from YouTube. I can't remember. Um, but so, just remember the line <coughs> that she just said that that would be a waste of time. Right. Absolutely. Because she's 100 percent right. Like, why wouldn't you be proactive in this situation? A- absolutely. So just keep keep that mentality because. Because politics is never not fucking hypocritical and ridiculous and ironic and like whatever. And full of red tape and, and time wasting. Yeah. And so but it is. Yep. But she is right. Like, I mean, in, well, she in is that right. moment, just, she is absolutely right. Impropriety. You have to look at it objectively. If, if people have had. I would say the same thing about you don't want to put AOC on there or people who have had really inflammatory things to say on the left, you know, who, who've accused 
who have essentially yeah. made up their mind before they've seen any evidence. Pick your uh, right. your milk toast politicians. Yeah, yeah, or the people who are smart enough or just like wise enough to be like, I'm not going to speak until I see evidence. Well, and on Adam what Schiff and uh, uh, what's the other dude's name? Um, Jamie Raskin. They they were both one of them. Schiff was part of impeachment one. Raskin was part of impeachment two. But like they've been investigating this shit for a long time, and so in those cases of Schiff and Raskin. I'm like, yeah, this, that makes sense because, like, these guys were already a part of the body that was investigating the crimes that led to this crime. Why not like, just roll them into the new commission right. and let them use that knowledge? They, and, right. As a, you're, you're starting from a far, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you got a head start. Yeah, 100%. As you can imagine, uh, there was one guy uh, who was not super happy about it. Um, any guesses? His name rhyme with rump? <laughs> no. No, he doesn't. I, I actually did a pretty good job of like really limiting. I don't even know if Trump. I think Trump's voice is in this episode we, once, which is. I, I don't want. I don't know if I should go into this aside right now. Can we talk about Trump's influence at some point? Because oh, I, well, it's, oh it's yeah, gone right. Uh, they don't need him anymore now that they have the anti-vax stuff. Now that they have, I don't the know. election rigging. They don't need. They'll migrate to a new leader. F- yes, I agree with you, but we're gonna save it. Um, no. It rhymes with Plucklarthy. <laughs> that was I understand why you're. I understand why you're not a rapper. This represents something that has not happened in the House before for a select committee by the historian. It's an egregious abuse of power. Pelosi has broken this institution. What? Oh, what? Yeah, thank you, Jim. I knew I would get like as soon as I heard that, I was like, "That's where we're going to stop." And Jim is going to be like, "Wait a minute." Uh, <laughs> It's an abuse of power, huh? Is it not only that, but like Pelosi's the one who broke the system? Yeah. Mitch McConnell didn't break the system. Donald Trump didn't break the system. Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham didn't break the system. Fucking Hawley didn't break the system. Or, you know, McCarthy himself. McCarthy, yeah. yeah this is a whole <laughs> new form of McCarthyism. <laughs> so, Leanne, we've heard that new attack line from Kevin McCarthy uh, referring to Kinzinger and Cheney as Pelosi Republicans. Today, he also confirmed uh, what he called a contentious phone call with the House Speaker when she told him that she was going to nix two of his picks. So help us understand and unpack the dynamic for us here uh, around this committee as we head into this first hearing tomorrow morning. Yeah, this is definitely not a traditional committee, Jeff, or Republicans versus Democrats. Uh, you have two dem- two Republicans on this committee, of course, Representative Adam Kinzinger now and Representative Liz Cheney, who are like-minded on this issue of January 6th on the former president's false claims that he, in fact, won the election or that it was stolen. And so you have this really interesting dynamic that is not commonly seen up here on Capitol Hill. Well, that group of nine members, they just broke up from a a preparation meeting ahead of tomorrow's first committee hearing regarding these Capitol Police officers and uh, the rank-and-file D.C. Metropolitan Police officers. And our colleague Haley Talbot caught up with Representative Adam Kinzinger, and he also responded to uh, Leader McCarthy's remarks, and he says that Leader McCarthy can say whatever he wants to. And he also said that they were childish, and he said that he's honored to serve on this committee. So this is going to be an interesting spectacle as far as the members are concerned. I will say one thing. Hundreds of millions of dollars go into whatever. What what program is that from? Is that NBC? Uh, Yeah, I think. uh, Actually, let's see. (laughs) Where did I write it down? 
I believe that one was MSNBC. If you can't get the echo out, just shoot out front of the building, outside. Yeah. Like, I also I can't imagine working in that fucking place and just hearing people they like can't. take there's, that shit. All there's no day. way they can get the echo out. Like that building they we talked about outside. it last yeah. time. Like that building was made for the echo. Like yeah, for, for microphones. The of- yeah. Oh my god, it annoys me so much. Can I say something though? Is Adam Kinzinger like our favorite Republican collectively? Like I can agree with that statement. Like Adam, Kinzinger- I mean that's like saying my favorite form of cancer. <laughs> there is no good one. All right, all right. I like I I can I I'll can, disagree with that one. <laughs> I will, oh yeah, I will not because like they are still part of the fucking power class, and like. We all know that where Brandon's at, like guillotine. It's gonna take a comeback. It's gonna <laughs> take Republicans like them to correct the Republican Party. Yeah, yes, oh, and I'm is. glad they're around. I would much rather have them than not. Um, I just don't know how much because I know that I probably fundamentally disagree with them on most things. If we were in a normal world politically, yeah, where we were just talking about yeah, budgets. No. Well, and, and that's typically policy. that's typically the. And I guess that's a good like disclaimer too. Like we typically don't talk highly of Liz Cheney. Um, because a of her last name, b of her voting record, record. you know exactly. Um, and so, like, it, it, it there is the possibility of that getting lost when you do an episode like this, where she's on the right side of history, and so so we're gonna sit here and talk about how everything that Cheney says throughout this episode is like, well, yeah, and that's I feel what the, you should fucking say. I feel the exact same. It's a way. low bar, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, uh, this is like when I listened to Paul Ron, or Rand Paul talk about how he wants we legalized. Like, all right, I agree with you on that one issue, but you're, the, everything, everything else, else. Fuck else. Off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything yeah. else. Um, so on, uh, let's see when when was it? August twenty fifth. Um, this clip from MSNBC is uh, the. The committee has now been together for about a month and a half, two months uh, since they've actually been like working and they're going to issue their first request. And this is where when I told you uh, to remember uh, your feeling from a couple of minutes ago, we'll, we'll discuss after We'll discuss after this clip. Don't tell me Pelosi was wrong. In a flurry of letters today, the committee issued sweeping document requests to eight different agencies of the executive branch. But the most significant request is to the National Archives, which now holds the records from the Trump White House. According to the committee, they're seeking materials on the administration's attempts to derail the Electoral College vote count, as well as plans for the rallies leading up to January 6th and potential plans to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power. Um, yeah, so, no, that was the wrong clip that I set up for, but um, but it, I believe it's the next one. So, um you're off the hook, Pelosi, for a second. For a second. Um, but, yeah, they, we're going to spend a lot of this episode just talking about requests for information. And that subpoenas. is actually, again, um, like that's the smartest move they can make because, the like, the National Archives, they have to save stuff. How many right. How many uh, articles and stories did we talk about on TDAP or throughout the years of uh, Trump's habit of ripping up notes after he's read them? Right. And them having to fish them out of the trash and tape them back together. Right. I can't imagine if they find anything incriminating, yeah. the idea that it's going to be presented so, as Exhibit A taped back together won't look like a real bad sign. Yeah, no shit. Um, well, to us it will. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. They'll just write it off. God damn it, Jim. <laughs> I got to keep us depressed. Yeah, I mean. Depressing episode. <laughs> you're right. Um, that move, though, to, to get um, – the move to to request the information from the National Archives, especially, prompted a lawsuit. Uh, the tr- the 
Donald Trump and like and I he guess always like, does threatens uh, sues stalls yeah he sues uh, because the art and, of the deal baby. and he's claiming executive privilege as like, a former president as a former president which mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah it it's it's ridiculous and it'll come back up later so just just understand that he like that's I hate this game like and I don't know that I even recognized it pre-Trump years as much as I do now, but just this game of like suing to stall and never getting anywhere. And then by the time we get the answers, nobody gives a shit anymore. And it's well, just like, happened. That yeah, ha- that's what happens when you have a lot of money. They yeah. Just, they it, do that crap it, because it, lawyer fees and court fees don't matter to them. Right. That's how Epstein stayed. Epstein I mean, that's for how so long, right? That is, yeah. that is how uh, the Kraken was able to do what, like 50 lawsuits and lose every single one. But the lie persists. Yeah. By the time it got through the courts and got struck down, the narrative was already installed on conspiracy websites and social media and in people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. Was that saying the Lyle travel around the world twice while fucking the truth is still getting his pants on? Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's not wrong. Um All right. Here's here's more subpoenas. Most of the most of me setting up all of these clips through this episode is going to be like, "Hey, guess what?" More fucking subpoenas. Breaking news from Capitol Hill this afternoon. The House Select Committee tasked with investigating the January 6th insurrection has now issued its first sweeping requests for documents with demands for records being sent to the Department of Defense, Homeland Security and the FBI, among others. Let's bring in NBC News Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Hake. So, Garrett, walk us through exactly what the committee wants and from whom. And I, and I had thought that Democrats, having learned a lesson from impeachment, weren't going to bother with sort of their request process. They were going to go straight to subpoenas, but it appears they haven't done that. Pause. Um, we're going to get back to his reporter's answer in a second. By the way, this is September 24th on ABC. Um, but remember a second ago when I falsely set up for a clip and was like, hey, remember a second ago when uh, Nancy Pelosi was like, we shouldn't waste time. We're not going to waste time putting Jim Jordan on just to kick him off. The fuck are you guys wasting? And I know it's not Pelosi, but like as far as the commission goes, why are you wasting time with requests? When you like, know they're going to be you ignored. Know, yeah. No like, one's going to show up in voluntary information all, on Trump. You know, Right. Tur- all you're doing is fucking adding time. Like, that's yeah. it. It's Especially just, when you're talking about people like Bannon and Roger Stone. Roger Stone yeah. got a fucking pardon. You think he's really going to show up and talk to you? The guy who has a Trump tattoo on his back? You right. really he's, think he's going to show up for subpoena and not challenge that? Like, the, why I did even nothing ask wrong him? t-shirt, man. The guy who got pardoned once? Yeah. yeah, by Trump, <laughs> like yeah, and tried to, I believe, work out deals for money with other people to get pardoned. Yeah, yeah, uh, just ridiculous. I just figured that like that was a good. As soon as I heard that, I was like, "Well, that's the stopping point. I'm stopping that in the middle of the goddamn clip because like you literally just told us, and we just said like it's the right move to to kick Jim Jordan off. It's the, it wouldn't be the right move to put Josh Hawley on. It wouldn't be the no. right move to like." Those guys shouldn't be the guys in investigating. I don't know. Which, like, I know, I understand that uh, I'm Senate not a, in the House. Yeah, but. and I'm not a lawyer. I don't understand how much time <laughs> is really lost through a, a request and a subpoena. They, you might be able to work on them at the same time. You might be starting the process of issuing a subpoena while you're sending a request because you know they won't show up. Yeah. Maybe they're not losing as much time as it seems. No, but it does seem like, why are we? It, it, why are we doing this? Yeah, it just seems like don't request it. Just file the subpoena, and then once it's issued, then them it's break a, this in the it's news. It's a waste of resources if nothing I guess, else. Yeah. Well, at one thing, you could, I guess, use this as a It's also a warning. Move. It's like a warning shot in the well, air. Like, hey, we're know. coming for you. 
I, I think also well that I think also being able to sit up there as the J six committee as as any of those members and be like, look, every single request for someone to come up and talk to us about this riot was ignored. So like this yeah. is obviously you know, and that it makes you a little easier to like deal with a hostile. Yeah, crowd. but again, and and I completely agree with that, and that all sounds nice if there's a consequence. But if we're living in the reality where there's probably not a consequence, then like. Yeah, it's good for the history books, but that is not satisfying now. Like, that is not... I'm not going to fucking sleep easier because, like, we don't see accountability if we don't see accountability. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, and it's hard to believe we're going to see it from people like Alex Jones who uh, it's hard Fifth to, Amendment his way through his 100 questions or all of, Bannon. All of the people involved in this and all the people that we are about to talk to never get held accountable. So it is, like, really hard to believe that this is the time. This is the time that they're going to get them. We're finally going to get the bad guys. And we're finally, like, I just don't, I don't see it. Yeah. Like, your characterization of it as, like, the Mueller report, like, here's clear evidence of hundreds of pages because of crime. Because we still dispute and then, that. It's like reverse yeah. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. So we, pu- we pull the mask off of Trump and it's a ghost. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It, but but to the, the Mueller report thing, right? Like, it's sitting over there it's been sitting in this room for years and like we've read it and we have gone through it and like there is so much evidence there but if you ask a trumper if you ask somebody with a red hat like they don't see that steel dust they didn't now they didn't take the time to read it but like they there is still doubt and it's like but it's printed like i have all of it and, and you think that was even before uh, Trump clearing protesters to take a picture with the Bible? That mm-hmm. was before so many other scandals, uh, Khashoggi, and and that whole response. It was before a bunch of stuff that yeah. just gets like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. I don't know. So let's get back to stalling in the courts. It's gonna be a fight. <laughs> well, look, sweeping is a good word for this, Jeff. I mean, the scope is breathtaking here. Democrats are in the so are really the select committee itself here, a bipartisan committee, is asking for records from every agency in Washington that has any kind of law enforcement focus. Also, a significant request from the White House. And with all of those Trump-era officials who were tangentially associated with the White House or who might have been in communication with the president or his closest advisors during January 6th. And in this case, the committee chairman put a fairly tight deadline here. He said these are requests for the next two weeks. I think then we will see subpoenas come. But these lawmakers have learned the lesson of impeachment in the sense that they know that this will probably be a protracted battle to get the records that they want. In many cases, records requested here were requested earlier by other committees in other contexts and had still not been handed over. So this is going to be a fight, Jeff. (laughs) So I I went ahead and just like Googled it. Like I was like, what is that? Because Tangentially? Tangentially. Tangentially. Yeah, you don't know yeah, you don't hear very often. related. Yeah. 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 You could have just been like... Related. Related. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. You could, like, yeah. You, yeah, you yeah. could have completely eliminated it's that like, word from the sentence. It's like... <laughs> and, like it's, it's a good-sounding word, though. I like that like word. Tangentially. My, my half-brother's dad's mother's grandma that's uh, a <laughs> yeah uh like you know if something's uh, relative yeah. <laughs> like, you know you have like a, the main something then you have secondary my favorite word of all time tertiary means your third backup oh it's yeah, yeah. oh yeah no excuse tertiary me. is tertiary, third and yeah. it's my fucking favorite word of all time and it reminds me yeah yeah well uh so to was it quat quaternary yeah. yeah doesn't have the tertiary man sorry it's a good go word. on <laughs> Not, um 
yeah so on americans word of the day bunch of subpoenas right like that was that was in october we've now moved from like we've issued uh we've issued requests in uh august and september and now we're getting to the point where we're like hey some of you fuckers we've requested already and now we're gonna start we're gonna start passing out subpoenas um and so any guesses as to who might be upset about this about these requests (laughs) the guy the guy Uh, the January 6th committee is issuing a uh, document (laughs) preservation request to telecom companies um, for the contacts of that day Um, and there's been suggestions that it would lawmakers would also be part of that documentation request Um, are you aware of it and in terms of your own records would you just turn them over to the committee if they if they asked well the only thing i learned more about this committee is more political than it is you have reports now that the fbi is finished with their report and i think it goes against everything the politics of the democrats want to believe you now watch the democrats in a time of afghanistan that they want to use their majority power to get people's phone records they come from members of Congress. They're coming for everybody. Say. Fuck off. It's kind of amusing to me of how political they will go with this. I told the American public who I talked to that day. I literally went and talked to the American public on three different networks that day. Yeah, and Trump told us he won the fucking election. Yeah. You can't always take people all those network, on all those public networks and lied. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. So, I wonder what the difference is between going on three networks and saying it, and then going and saying it under oath. Yeah, I wonder why you don't want to do that. I wonder why you don't. <laughs> yeah. Also, to start off the statement, what the fuck does Afghanistan have to do with it? Right. I to, have to, no idea. Because he's it's the deflection, right? It's, that, it's, is, uh, that is the ten, fucking tangentially so fucking related. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, uh, yeah, to start off that, to start off that statement and he's, say they're trying like, to get phone records in Afghanistan, they're, another they're, 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 guy come for calling, all of you. He started the statement by being like, "This is political. This is completely political." If by the way, if Afghanistan, if at, yeah. <laughs> like and if they're right. going after politicians, they're going to go after everybody. No, no. No, specifically not. after you. <laughs> at, first, yeah. Yeah. at first, I came for the millionaires who started a coup, and I just said nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's what, and that's why I got so mad. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's he's, what he's trying to do. Yeah, that's what he's trying to do. They'll come for the poor farmer next. No, they fucking won't. Not unless that pa- farmer you know stashed a bunch of guns outside D.C. You know and what, then went up military formation. You know what pisses me off is that it works for the MAGA base. And it's like, I will never understand Never understand whether we're talking about like like actual money dollars like the one percent or of the most just paranoid like, people on the planet. Just the idea, yeah. But I will never understand why hundredaires fucking defend I, millionaires. Yeah. People and, that live and paycheck the, to paycheck. Yeah, yeah, it just it blows my mind. But it's that same idea. It's that the first they'll come for politicians, then they'll come for the rich, then they'll come for you. I didn't do shit. They're not coming yeah. for me. I'm gonna be sitting in my basement recording this well, fucking you know, show. The people, <laughs> it's the people who always say I that. I said guillotine. They're not coming for me. Unless you're the fucking preacher who wrote that originally and said it, you know, the only people who ever quote that kind of mentality are the people who are trying, like, the Waco, Texas people, the people who are like, they're coming for my guns. They're coming for your guns because you sawed off the barrels and they're illegal. And right. they, they're going to come. Yes, they're going to. You did yeah. an illegal thing. They're not coming for everyone's guns. They're only. They're coming for you. They're coming for you because you provoke shit. Yeah. And now you just want to make it like everyone has to defend me. No, fucker. You need to. You know who stand they're not coming from? 
Hunter Jim, who fucking minds his own business and doesn't yep. go, like, whip his shit out in a goddamn schnooks or whatever, Kroger <laughs> yeah. grocery store. Yeah. Like, you know why? Walk around open carry. Yeah. Like a jackass. Right. Yeah, they're not coming for, for you. Just going to take not, my AR-15 grocery shopping all, with me. Do, do you own a gun, Jim? <laughs> or, Frank, we all own guns in I the room? No. no? Um, yeah, they're not coming for me. They're not I, coming I got enough Jim. that I can yeah. easily blend in with these people. Oh, also, <laughs> I just have this mentality of like, look, I've lived in America a long time. There are a lot of things we're not supposed to have that aren't that hard to get. Right. The, I mean, how many guns are there, they sell in America every year? Four for every person? Yeah. Like, yeah, if those, they are, those are the them, ones that are sold legally. And yeah, and if they outlawed <laughs> them tomorrow, I can find a gun, uh, a gun sale to, you know, like the day after. It's, it wouldn't be hard to get a gun if I wanted one. I'm not really worried about them taking them away. Half of the stuff that you find at gun shows is like one little screw away from being illegal. Yeah. Like stuff that they're like they got AKs on the table that can be turned automatic just by like, oh hey, you can also buy this trigger piece from this guy, like in the same row that you're buying my AK yeah. from. A couple years ago, you used to be able to buy bump stocks that same fucking way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I know that McCarthy goes on and he's see, and this is why I think that they like. I know you're not consciously cutting Trump out, or you kind of are. You don't want to hear him. But I don't think he's the leader of the party anymore. He is not leading the mouthpiece of J- – he's complaining about it, but yeah. he's following the lead now well, of he, what Tucker and so do you think McCarthy it, is, are saying. Well, he was always following the lead of what Tucker and, and – Yeah, but when, like, he, when he had a Twitter now, account, he could make you say – like he can make you yeah, agree with him in a way that true. he can't now. Do you think because of that, now everybody's just trying to out-ridiculous each other so that way they get more clout from the MAGA community? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is a race right now because – well, I mean, Trump's also – what eighty something years old? Pretty bad health. Overweight. Never exercises. Yeah, hopefully he's the not going to be around forever. Soon. So like politicians are long term. Some of the think the Holly like people like Holly and the younger people McCarthy. I think definitely sees himself as being able to usurp McConnell to the fucking presidency if he yeah, wanted to. Except for he's a House member, and House members don't ever become president. Right. Well, neither like, did TV. Isn't it, it's, neither did TV reality stars. Yeah. But fucking Trump upset that he broke that glass ceiling. That's that's true. McCarthy goes on and he says more dumb shit. The real question has to be, the other report that came out this week, is that the FBI told the Capitol Police beforehand there was a threat. They knew on December 14th there was problems. They had Inspector General reports of the failures of the top leadership in Capitol Police with not allowing them to have the training. They had the Kavanaugh hearings where the lines were broke. You had a chairman of House administration that is, in essence, the mayor of this city that had not been back to the Capitol since early May. So, again, I don't want to drill the point home or, like, just beat the same point over and over again. But, like, dude started out being like, the Democrats want to make this political. And then he was like, but Kavanaugh. But Kavanaugh. <laughs> and the the FBI knew, and these people knew, and people should have shut it down. And, well, like and nothing about how the man, fact that it fucking happened and it was I our don't guy. Even, I don't even disagree. I think that is fucked up. Why won't why weren't there more police there? Yeah, but why that's not the there? that's not the fu- but he well, said no, the let's lead- investigate that. Let's see why and let's see right. if it doesn't yeah. lead up the chain to your fucking president. Well, and it, not even that. It does. Like because like they'll he'll sit there and be like, Well, they were requested, Congress was requested. Okay, who ran Congress? It wasn't the Democrats yeah. until January fucking 20th of 2021. Yeah. So what are you talking about? It was like, kind of like it was the last thing your people did while they were in power. But the the audience that he's playing to doesn't 
care. Deflect like, and not, deflect. Yeah. Deflect. Okay, because they've already made up their minds about the Kavanaugh stuff and, and Amy Coney Barrett months ago. So all they have to do is say that name to trigger that gag reflex fucking Pavlovian response yep. in his viewers yep. of like, oh, yeah, Democrats did wrong then. Yep. Yeah, 100%. I believe this is the last one from McCarthy in this in this spiel on September 24th. What's interesting to me is this so political of a committee that the speaker picks and chooses who can be on. The chairman of committee says nothing's off limits but the speaker. The reports a time and again was the speaker offered the National Guard and told ahead of time of the warning. But apparently they don't want that information. Yes. Do you think that the Democrats are trying to continue this until the 2022 elections? Listen. If I was the Democrats, I'd stop playing politics and I'd start focusing on what the American people. You've got Americans stranded in Afghanistan. Focus on that. He is hilarious. Like the double speak in like the same sentence. <laughs> like yeah. if I was the Democrats, I'd stop playing politics. So Afghanistan is a fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck, man? <laughs> um, to the point he's not that even subtle with it. No. To a point that a year later, it like it. Oh yeah, that's when it was because you're just deflecting to whatever else was in the news that day. Yeah. Oh, just ridiculous. He's like, we got some steam on this. Even the Dems are kind of pissed was, about Afghanistan. Honestly, I was surprised he didn't bring up, like, and they still haven't found Brian Laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that was – actually, that probably was within the time frame, wasn't it? Kevin McCarthy dogged the bounty hunter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to jump now to the following. It was about 10 days later on October 4th. Uh, here's a clip from CBS. Any idea what might happen in this next clip? Kevin McCarthy yells at clouds. Not no, Ke- we're done with McCarthy, we're you done, said. We're done with McCarthy. Subpoenas are still coming in. Um, I'm trying to think yeah. of the earliest subpoena, because I remember Bannon being there pretty early. Pelosi trips over her own high heel. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, you're in the right f- uh, ballpark, Frank. People start, re- was it like? Just take a guess at who one of them might be. It's subpoenas. We're always going every any to almost any time I ask Was it you, Trump's it's children. Be Did they? No, no, not yet. Uh, mm. Your favorite bad guy, Roger War, Stone. War Room. Rudy. Alex Jones. No. Steve Bannon. <laughs> Good morning. Lawmakers leading the select committee said no one would be off limits, and now they have issued their very first subpoenas to some of former President Donald Trump's closest advisors. On this list, take a look. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, former Deputy Chief of Staff Dan Scavino, former Defense Department official Cash Patel, and longtime Trump advisor Steve Bannon. The committee is demanding that those four men turn over documents and appear behind closed doors to testify in October. All of this intended to gain insight into Trump's mindset in the days leading up to January 6th and as the violence unfolded that day. Congressman Adam Schiff says that they will use the Justice Department if necessary to enforce these subpoenas, but Trump is already vowing to fight this. And this does mark a significant turning point in the congressional investigation into January 6th. And lawmakers leading this committee say they are just getting started. First of all, like the behind closed doors thing is frustrating to me because it's like he's not gonna fucking show up anyway. You're gonna have to hold him in contempt. You're gonna have to hold him in contempt. Um, like, what's also you're really gonna frustrating? Gonna have to fucking arrest him. Also, I I watch and I don't know why I watch enough of fucking Steve Bannon's The War Room because I fucking hate that guy mm-hmm. and everyone 
if someone's been on Joe Rogan and they're like an anti-vaxxer, they're gonna show up on the war room or vice right. for like he, yeah. they all swim in the same waters. Bannon used this to to money raise money. Right, Obviously, like he does the everything. He was hit with like, the subpoena. It's yeah. all about like you have to fund the fight for freedom and yeah. give me more and more money. I'm shocked. The guy who used build the wall to raise himself money also used this to raise himself money, yeah. like to raise money for himself. They're gonna have to go arrest him on a uh, Chinese billionaire's yacht again. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, here's something that I think needs to change and probably will in the future. But like, when you have a guy, any guy who is, like, incapable of taking a, like, of letting his thumbs rest from Twitter. Like, Trump tweet, Trump tweets more than any, like, when he could. He tweeted more than any motherfucker on the planet. Like, nobody could keep up with that. Like, even a bot doesn't keep up with the way that Donald How Trump tweeted. How ridiculous is that? Do we need... Like- to, do we this need man, Steve Bannon? This to... man is in his upper seventies, and every like moment that he's not talking to somebody, he's staring at his phone. Yeah, remember how sad it was. It must have been so sad to work. That's worse York. than a teenager. Yeah. It's actually a good like for boomers though. It's like kind of like it evens out, like it averages out the fucking like the median <laughs> fucking changes. Like who can because like there's Trump one guy made the there's cool. one guy there that was... knows how to use his cell phone. <laughs> there was a short period of and time. Isn't gonna call Don. Where, like, every, <laughs> there was a short period of time where every newspaper probably had a dedicated person whose job it was to watch Trump's Twitter feed and write up oh my important God, things I would he said. Shoot myself. And that job went Your away job as quickly the... as it came. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. But for a while, it was the most important job the in the world. But my point with the Twitter thing is you've got a president who's on Twitter nonstop, right? Why do we need Steve Bannon and Mark Meadows to testify to tell us what his mindset was in the days leading up to it? Well, no. Well, the, the reason like, sub- we know the what reason his subpoen- mindset was. It was playing out in real time in public. See, the reason you subpoena them is not only because they're going to come in and they can plead the Fifth Amendment. That's their right. But you can then request phone records. You can request text messages, emails, and you can like some of the stuff they don't want to give you, but they can't. St- they've already said it, right? And there's already a record because of the Patriot Act, which they helped ran through. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of bites you in the ass both ways. True story. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, so I think that's more of the strategies. Like some of these guys, like you know, Alex Jones. That's the one time in his life he's going to come in and not want to talk. Yeah, is when he's under oath. Yeah, he then hey, then he'll clam the, the fuck up. Seven days after Meadows, Shavino, Patel, and Bannon get subpoenas, uh, we have another round of subpoenas. Uh, you want to guess who this one might be? I'm just going to have you guess every time because almost every clip on here is like subpoena, 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 subpoena. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the order at all because it's all happened. I don't think Alex happened until later. It's a group of people, but not the group that you're immediately going to jump to. Mm. Mm, I have no clue. It's not his kids yet. It's not his kids yet. It's not Alex. It wasn't that, like, organizers. Oh, Ali Alexander. Congressional investigators are trying to get a better timeline of the events leading up to the riot at the Capitol on January 6th. They are issuing new subpoenas aimed at those who organized the Stop the Steal rally that day. That's where then-President Trump encouraged the crowd to march to the Capitol, saying, quote, if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. CBS News senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge joins me now with details. Hi there, Catherine. So the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol recently issued 11 additional subpoenas. Who exactly do they want to talk to? 
Well, Elaine, they really want to understand who were the organizers behind the Stop the Steal rally, and in the simplest terms, whether one of their intents was to create a crowd that would then be leveraged to facilitate the riots and the shutting down of the certification of the Electoral College. So it goes to issues of premeditation and issues of intent, Elaine. So, as far as the Stop the Steal rally goes, and all of the people that were involved in it, my only yeah. pro my only problem with what she just said is uh, the word intent. You can't prove intent. You can't prove intent. Well, you can prove pre planning, and then I don't know if we're probably going to get to it later. The case of Stuart Rhodes and the Oath Keepers. We will caches yeah. of guns. Yeah, uh, routes planned. Yeah, objectives in place. Like those kind of things are you know like, and if they had any, but. And it looks really bad when Oath Keepers were like the personal bodyguards right. of Roger Stone that day yeah. and, and Alex Jones. Now it's starting to look get, a lot more like a here's coordinated what, conspiracy that might be. Here's what we need, though. Like, it's—I I want every single person that's named on this episode to be held accountable. And because of this episode and because of listening to all these names again and, like, it, like, relit that fire in me that—, that was ignited when like short like a couple of months before we started doing this feed where I was just like I want to take on all of those motherfuckers that were involved and like so now after lit after prepping this episode I'm like well I know what my content's gonna be for the next few months because like there's so many names in here that I just like I just I want to dog shit all over McCarthy for an hour and a half um <laughs> so but um what we need is we need a tie to somebody in the administration. Like we need somebody in Trump's orbit. See, like we need Trump to be tied well, and to now, somebody tied to somebody tied to. And like, that's why we're eventually going to get to Trump's children. That's why we're eventually going to get to the fucking Mueller report. Because if we only get tied to tied to tied to tied to like, we're not going to get anything because we're going to say like, because they're going to play the same argument again of, well, how could he have known? You can't prove that he talked to Don Jr. Well, here's who the thing, though. Mark Meadows, do we even need Giuliani. Do we even need them saying it in private? Private text messages being like they were saying it in public. Trump was saying we're gonna fight like hell. We're gonna walk down there and we're gonna stop Pence from do like they, he, he, yeah, they, they were tried very to get Joe's fucking kid on WhatsApp. Yeah, no, right. I mean, so I think you can do a little better with text messages. I here's what pisses me off is that like. Why do we need to go further than that? Like, why do we need to go further than them just talking out loud and being like, you need to go fight? And well, be like, well, they didn't say the words, you need to go break windows at the Capitol. And, and I, Rudy Giuliani but, said trial by combat. Yeah, yeah, he did. But I will tell you the reason you would go now is because of stuff like Stuart Rhodes. We know we, we found out those things. We're starting to find, like, uh, the messages between Sean Hannity and the Trump organization. True. Is he going to speak? He needs to stop this. They were panicked. Yeah. That's why we keep going is because oh, like, yeah. like, we're still finding dirt and no, we're still definitely. going to. I just – I don't think we need it to prove anything though. We know at no, this point. No, we know what happened. And I and I agree that like this is all good. I'm My argument when I say why do we need this for accountability is because I have this very – real fear that like there won't be accountability so and the yeah. re and when there isn't accountability it's going to be a bunch of people giving excuses saying well we couldn't tie this thread to this thread to this thread to and it's like yeah but why do we fucking need to because we have all of this shit 
Like that's what this process is for is all of this digging to get all of these pieces. And then at the end of it, there's like this, there's this very huge fear in me that is just like, it's going to amount to a nothing. It's going to amount to nothing. Like they're going to say, okay, yeah, there's all the evidence. Put it in a book. Right. Let's move on. Like, Put it in a book that Texas will elect not to teach. Put it in, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot we're doing book burning God again. God damn it. Uh, put it in a book that Brandon will fucking print off page by page and spend like $200 on ink. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure everything is redacted. It was so dumb. Two weeks later. Yeah, that's later, a lot of black ink, two those weeks, big black bars. <laughs> two weeks. I did that like the night the Mueller report dropped. I was like, print that fucking PDF off and then would literally like go down and see that like, oh, I got to replace the paper. I got to replace the ink and like just had it on deck and then made binders and shit. And then like a week later, Amazon, of course, Bezos. Yeah. Fucker. <laughs> well, I think everyone, I think like because it was a it free was document. Everybody, yeah, like, like, Barnes and Noble had a copy you could uh, buy. It wasn't free for me, <laughs> but I read it first. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I still prefer having it in my binder form, so it's it's all good. Uh, guess what? More subpoenas. This is a week later on October 13th. Well, good evening once again. Day 267 of the Biden administration. Weird day. The House Committee investigating <laughs> the January 6th riot and insurrection is intensifying its focus on the previous White House with a new subpoena targeting a former DOJ official under Trump who was reportedly involved in the former president's robust effort to overturn our election. Former acting assistant attorney general Jeffrey Clark reportedly played a key role in Trump's campaign to amplify the big lies about voter fraud. Clark and Trump were reported to have been in contact during the days before the Capitol attack. Clark was also said to have pushed Trump's claims within the Department of Justice and indeed clashed with higher ups who resisted. The subpoena letter to Clark says this in part, quote, the select committee's investigation has revealed credible evidence that you attempted to involve the Department of Justice in efforts to interrupt the peaceful transfer of power. As a result of your efforts to prompt this departmental action, the president considered installing you as acting attorney general. This is like, Stalin. so like this everybody, is Stalinism. Like everybody, we're listening. Yeah. yeah. Everybody that had a job, they did the exact opposite of what that job is supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's almost like Trump would just install people to do his bidding. And that's pretty much the only reason they were there. That's exactly. Or get the fuck out. Like yeah. how, mm. This, that this is, reads that, that, just like some 1940s bullshit. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. It is a strong man or strong, strong arm tactics. It's yeah. the same thing that happened right before it's, the Nazis it, took power. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just classic dictator stuff. That is how you ensure, that is how you like assert power because you can't, he was, he was never interested in being a democratic president of going through that process. He didn't understand that process. And well, the moment he got how, in there, that's not like how a business fucking, works. like yeah. a baby who with a silver spoon in his mouth. When he didn't get what he wanted, he just tried to assert authority without realizing or even caring what he was doing was illegal. And, like, like record-shattering. Like, there's no—you can't put the genie back in the bottle, dude. You fucked it. What yeah. sucks so much to me, like, you say that, like, Trump doesn't have 
he doesn't have the influence and like they'll they'll move on they will move on but the brand exists now oh yeah and the brand is fucking brown shirts but then i don't know that's terrifying i don't know where we're at right now the sides are so far apart and so angry at each other over everything like dude i read comment sections on just like why i shouldn't (laughs) but i like to be mad it's bad Uh, for your health it is but like i'll read comment sections where uh I don't know. The fucking green M&M is not a slut or something. I don't know. I don't know what the story is. But well, the real story there is that Hershey and a bunch of other places are being investigated for child labor, like kidnapping kids. No, tra- I yes, and they're trying I, to distract from that. Right. But like the comments sections are like, just wait until we get to oppress you. And I and like fuck it being over an Eminem, right? Like that's probably not where I saw that one and like whatever. But like Well there's the, sense of it there. The idea that like we these like things that we used to disagree about are now these like tense wait till I get to oppress you type thing, that leads to revolution, man. <laughs> like I don't that's fucking scary to to think yeah. like there there is no comfort in revolution. Well, and right? that's why I, that's I like where I don't it feels like fully comprehend. The sides hate each other, man. Like I, you always try to put yourself in other people's shoes, right? Empathize. It's really hard, and most it has been. Do. It, well, it's been really hard for me to put myself in the, the to still like what what it must be like to be McCarthy. Where does this end for you? If if you get everyone whipped up over shit that you know deep down is false. That Trump didn't win the election. That fucking the the vaccine is not fucking gonna hurt people. Yeah, it's like yeah. If violence does break out, if shit pops off, like what good are the lobbyist money? Are you just gonna leave the country? Are you just gonna be like, well, we kind of broke it, so like we'll move to somewhere that isn't isn't that what they always do? Isn't that what leadership always do? Does I mean historically they fucking flee? Like they'll move to Puerto Rico and claim independence. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess they don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't know. We're getting into some dark shit here. Um, All right. So yeah, but it's like just the idea that uh, just the idea that like. Oh, we're just gonna. We'll just fire the attorney general now. We'll install you, and you'll do what I want. And it's just like, dude, this is not. This is not good shit. This is bad shit. This is really, really bad stuff that that was happening. And when all, oh yeah, wanted to install Sidney Powell as the uh, after he had fired her. Wanted Trump wanted to install her as the um, special counsel to oversee election fraud. Everything that like, he did was just to try to win. Yeah, and and it didn't matter what he actually won or hurt. In the process, but like, it he wasn't didn't give a, a shit about yeah. America. It wasn't even he winning just at that to keep point. Winning. He lost. Yeah, it was just not having to admit that. Yeah. So uh, the following day on October fourteenth, uh, his his buddy is held in contempt. I we'll we'll discuss. It. I don't want to have the whole conversation before the clip. So his bus bud is oh, is held in Stevie, con- Stevie oh, Bannon, Stevie baby. Good thing he trained so much in that war room. An escalating showdown tonight between a former top advisor to President Trump and a House committee, which is demanding Steve Bannon cooperate with its investigation into the January 6th Capitol riot. Hallie Jackson is here. And Hallie, they're signaling they're going to charge Bannon with contempt of Congress. Yeah, this would be a pretty significant escalation in their investigation into what led up to the insurrection. Steve Bannon, remember, was a former aide to former President Trump. He so far has refused to comply with the committee's subpoenas, citing Mr. Trump's claims of executive privilege. But next week, the committee will vote 
on holding Bannon in contempt of Congress. You also have the lawmakers on this committee now postponing planned interviews with three other former Trump aides, Mark Meadows, Dan Scavino, Cash Patel, because a committee aide says of, of continued engagement, really, with the investigation. But at this point, Lester, it seems like lawmakers may be hoping that this Bannon vote sends a signal to these other witnesses that they've got to get on board, they've got to cooperate, or else there will be consequences. Does it ever send a message to anybody? No. Dude, also... Hasn't yet in did, the five years, six years Trump's been on the scene. Shouldn't, like, God, subpoenas yeah. mean something? Like, if you're a... Should. If you're a poor... Right? <laughs> like <laughs> It definitely matters if you're a poor. Yeah. Because they can put you in jail. Yeah. Like, if you're subpoenaed by Congress and you're just like, you know what? No. That's how you get a bench warrant. Right. <laughs> like, how is that... How is that okay? Why does the why are the and that's but, actually why Bannon's but these been, people they'll just go to work at Congress yeah and, and it's like nope no bench warrant for them and that's why uh, Bannon has been like my litmus litmus test for like if this is gonna mean anything he, he should by all rights already be behind bars he scammed millions off the we build the wall shit he had so much in mm-hmm. his shady past they've yeah. proven like if they can't get him on this. If this subpoena, if they can't get him in jail at least or, like, force him to testify, like, it's really just showing that, like, essentially if you have money, you are untouchable in this country. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I just don't understand why, like, well, we're going to vote to hold him in contempt. And then what? Like, and and what good does that do? Like, so what? You can can add it to his resume that he's been held in contempt? He's also been charged with shit and pardoned. Like, okay, can we... Could we do something other than just like punish people in term only? Like that would be that would be nice. Uh, here's Liz Cheney on um, October fourteenth, uh, talking about Steve Bannon. Um, I'm sorry, October nineteenth, uh, talking about Steve Bannon and what he knew. And then I will kind of give you uh, just like a. a further thought on Steve Bannon. This one's a little bit longer, but I think that it's, I think it's good. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chairman. On January 6th, a mob breached the security perimeter of our Capitol, assaulted and injured more than 140 police officers, engaged in hand-to-hand violence over an extended period, and invaded and occupied the United States Capitol building, all in an effort to halt the lawful counting of electoral votes, and reverse the results of the 2020 election. The day before this all occurred, on January 5th, Mr. Bannon publicly professed knowledge that, quote, all hell is going to break loose tomorrow, end quote. He forecast that the day would be, quote, extraordinarily different than what most Americans expected. He said to his listeners and his viewers, quote, so many people said, if I was in a revolution, I would be in Washington. Well, he said, this is your time in history. Based on the committee's investigation, it appears that Mr. Bannon had substantial advanced knowledge of the plans for January 6th and likely had an important role in formulating those plans. Mr. Bannon was in the war room at the Willard on January 6th. He also appears to have detailed knowledge regarding the president's efforts to sell millions of Americans the fraud that the election was stolen. In the words of many who participated in the January 6th attack, the violence that day 
was in direct response to President Trump's repeated claims from election night through January 6th that he had won the election. Um, Steve Bannon should, first of all, like, be in jail, right? Just oh, for like, 100%. Just, just for saying shit like that. Like, I try to be, I say ridiculous shit on the show. But I don't say shit in like, like I say guillotine, like ha 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 ha. Those don't exist anymore. He says if I if there if I was going to be in a revolution, I would be in Washington tomorrow. Like, that's inciting. Like nobody's running out to build a guillotine. I'm not afraid that somebody's going to knock on the door and be like, hey, that that fucking guillotine event wouldn't have happened had you not said it on the show <laughs> like, yeah you don't have the influence right but like yeah steve bannon for like those things that he says the, the, like that incitement like should absolutely be in jail um also steve bannon is responsible for donald trump right like i mean a lot of people are responsible for donald trump they including are. himself but he but, is one of the biggest contributors to think about the rise of like right wing alt the alt right yeah he i is, mean think about yeah like there was a point in 2015 um i don't think he made it into 16 but Corey lewandowski was the trump campaign manager and trump was like still a jackass and he was still like a jerk and whatever but like as soon as Lewandowski got fired and Steve Bannon came on board, um, he advertised him better. It, yeah, he advertised him better, and then he was like, and Steve Bannon was already the guy who was like, "Hey, I'm a white nationalist, and I hang out with my white nationalist buddies, and now I'm gonna like now all of a sudden Steve Bannon has an in to be able yeah. to like." Plant the seeds of white nationalism. I don't, I don't believe think that, that Trump um, was a white nationalist. I think he is now. I don't believe that. I never believed the uh, the narrative that anyone was playing 3D chess. But if I was gonna, ever going to say that someone behind Trump was playing a complicated game and knew what they were doing, it's Bannon. And Bannon and Steve Miller. Yep. Um. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know. Cheney goes on. The American people are entitled to Mr. Bannon's first-hand testimony about all of these relevant facts. But as the chairman noted, Mr. Bannon is refusing to provide it. Preserving our Constitution and the rule of law is a central purpose of this investigation. The plain fact here is that Mr. Bannon has no legal right to ignore the committee's lawful subpoena. And, like, again, agreed, but, like, if you don't do anything about it, then what is his incentive? If there's no consequence for the action, then why would any of these guys testify? Because, like, the whole name of the game is just drag this shit out, right? So, like, it's good that we're issuing subpoenas. It's good that we're, like, that there are a group of Congress people who are serious about it. I'm grateful for Adam Schiff and and, uh, Raskin and... Uh, Thompson and Cheney and like I'm glad Kinzinger like I'm happy that they're all doing this but at the same time like if you don't just feels like a dog and pony show yeah like throw somebody in fucking jail if Steve Bannon doesn't show up yeah if Steve Bannon doesn't show up if Mark Meadows doesn't show up throw them in jail you want to send an example to not say fuck off to our subpoenas throw somebody in jail like now you have to sit here and wait until 
in as long as you want to drag this out. Yeah, yeah, sure. We can make it work both ways. Yeah, both fucking ways. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm torn between that and the idea that like they're gonna use it to grandstand. They're gonna use it to fundraise. They're gonna use it to paint themselves as a victim and a martyr. Um, just in their playbook. Yeah, but we can't not. You, but you, I mean, you can't help that. That's what they're going to spend right. anyway. Yeah, they're grifters, and the internet exists, and yeah. like so. Yeah, that sucks. But at the same time, we can't avoid consequence. We can't like sidestep consequence because like oh they're gonna fundraise off of it okay then that means that there's more stupid Very fucking true. people out there than we would like but well that's just a fact yeah 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 absolutely and then, um, yeah it shouldn't stop the pursuit of justice i get it but yeah like for for god's sake someone needs to be held accountable yeah i think there's also a race to do this before the 20, 20 the, the election this year like we're, we're about to have a midterm yeah and the uh, seats of power can change a little bit, which can make the committee not nearly as effective. So I think they are rushing it within their time frame to get this in while they still have. Yeah, I agree. The ability. Um, we'll jump up. We'll jump from October fourteenth to November 9th. Any idea what might have happened on that day? Mm. Well, that was the anniversary or something too. What happened in November? Should, I, I've already given you the answer. The answer is always subpoenas. Well, I know, but who? But who? Uh. <laughs> Six more top advisors to the former president got word late today that the House Select Committee on January 6th wants to talk with them. And as it has with so many others, the committee isn't asking them, it's telling them. The six, all receiving subpoenas, first to produce documents, then appear before the committee. Now, most are pretty familiar names if you follow this sort of thing. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, who in December of last year reportedly took part in an Oval Office meeting during which participants discussed seizing voting machines and exercising emergency powers. Also, 2020 campaign manager Bill Stepien, former senior campaign advisor Jason Miller, senior campaign official Angela McCollum, former New York police commissioner and pardoned felon Bernie Carrick, who was part of the Willard Hotel war room set up to overturn the election. Then there's John Eastman, the president's attorney, who put together that memo, which amounted to a step-by-step guide to the former vice president sparking a coup. Um... Yeah, so I'm a little surprised that Flynn need... made it till fucking December before they subpoenaed him. I almost like that Flynn. Yeah, yeah. he, he was it's, it's... he was real quiet until like October. There's actually a clip of him too that I that I that well I think is he act... was one of the most actively pro coup before. Yeah, and he was. After. Yeah, there's, so that's why I'm surprised that they waited a, so long. There's a clip of him that I accidentally. Yeah, but he got real quiet afterwards. But he was so, still, I don't know, he's still, he's always been loud about Q stuff. Like, he's yeah. been trying to be the pro-Q there, leader there since was, Q went quiet. There was a clip in one of the, in one of the uh, stems that I pulled that, and I it accidentally, I guess, hit the, the cutting room floor, as we say, in the biz. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, because, like, I don't know, I thought I had it on here. But, yeah, there's a, there's a clip of Flynn actually, like, saying that, like, this is how we declare martial law. Like, this is, this is fucked up shit, man. Like, this isn't over, these guys were trying to overthrow the government from within the government. Like, um, yeah, it's crazy. With ex-generals. Like, yeah. Isn't that something that happens in, like, third world countries that, yeah. like, that we, we are secretly funding? <laughs> that's what we tell, like, that's the, that's the story that we, that we write in history books, right? Like, this doesn't happen here. So Anderson Cooper there uh, named uh, a bunch of people, but at the end he named uh, one of Trump's attorneys, John Eastman. Um, I 
have this clip of John Eastman just to remind you he doesn't seem like an important name because like he's not in the news all the time you, you, it doesn't ring like Michael Flynn or Roger Stone or whatever um, but I just want you to know who, who John Eastman is and all we are demanding of Vice President Pence is this afternoon at 1 o'clock he let the legislatures of the state look into this so we get to the bottom of it and the American people know whether we have control of the direction of our government or not. Yeah, it's I know you guys probably didn't listen back to the episode that we that we like pulled the the the, the throwback episode. Only um, a handful of minutes of it. But like you forget until you're listening back to it that like that was a like that was the start of what would become a violent crowd, and you hear it like you hear the like the mm-hmm. you hear well, the excitement and, this is and the, like not happy excitement like you hear the rage in the crowd before it turns to rage. And this is the key difference. Do you remember? I know you were pretty anti-Trump, right, Jim? When yeah. You, okay. So all of us, I'm sure, remember how we felt the day after the election in 2016. Mm. How we felt dejected and sad. We weren't I sitting there being. Then. Yeah. But we weren't sitting there being like, good. we're going to... You weren't as good then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we, what we weren't doing... Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you got so disappointed. I was like, ah, I shouldn't have said that. That was a rough joke. <laughs> it was just a joke. You know, I love you, Jim. I know. But what we didn't do was uh, stand up and t- talk about how we're going to take back the country and that this wasn't a loss. It was a win. Like, no, we know we lost. We lost because we didn't get the... like. We can talk all we wanted about the Trump, that the popular vote versus electoral college, and, and Russia, we did, and WikiLeaks, and all of and that influence. Shit. But what we didn't argue <laughs> was that like Trump was the president. We bitched about it, but we didn't say like, yes. "Well, we're gonna forcibly take it back." Like, no, we just wanted him to follow the fucking rules. Yeah, um, yeah, we were like, "Well, this is gonna be a train wreck." Little did we know <laughs> like, how bad yeah, it really this, would be. Like, <laughs> my idea, I remember in 2016, my idea was like, this is going to be a train wreck because he's going to get nothing done. Like, nobody's going to go <laughs> along with this clown. Just thought and, it was going to be gridlock. Yeah. And oh, then all of a sudden, you had fucking. Yeah, yeah those hopes. were the good old days. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. I was young. <laughs> I had this, like, virgin how much ideology. Did we all age like, over the course of this. <laughs> we, got, we got at least four years. I remember making that observation that like the presidency usually ages the president like it aged the rest of the goddamn country. Yeah, and Trump stayed the exact same. I got a couple of gray beard hairs. They're so they're they're so gray. They're white. My entire chin is white now. Like I have a big black beard with like just white chin beard and like <laughs> it's so funny to me because family members would be like those kids like it's not the fucking kids <laughs> like it's the goddamn climate like i love my kids <laughs> like, it is it is the ideological like the ideal the ideological warfare that's going on like it's uh class warfare like fuck man it's about your kids but it's about the world they're living in yeah, more no than anything shit. like how much of a jackass am i i'm a dick for bringing them into this um <laughs> Yeah, so, hey, guess what happens a week later on October 19th? Just guess. More subpoenas. Yeah, but your favorite Uh, guy this time. Oh, Alex Jones gets subpoenaed this time. I remember this. Well, good evening once again. Day 307 of the Biden administration. The 1-6 Committee on the Hill has started this new week with five new subpoenas for Trump allies. This round includes... Two big names, his longtime friend and advisor, Roger Stone, and the noted conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones. 
Committee's letter to Stone notes he promoted his attendance at rallies on January 5th and 6th, supporting Trump's false claims of election fraud. It also points out he did speak at the January 5th rally and used members of the far-right Oath Keepers for security. The letter adds, quote, you have stated you were invited to lead a march to the Capitol from the Ellipse rally on January 6th, but did not end up doing so. Um, yeah. Now, where I think... The one thing I will say in support of Alex Jones, and it's the only thing I'll ever say in support of that asshole. Yeah, I'm very skeptical right now. Is that um, he does have the claim, and there is video, of him trying to calm people down while shit is popping off. He is on a well, megaphone. because yeah, he, he probably never knows he's like, fucked. Well, I think he realized how real it was getting. He doesn't like make he money. He incites it until it actually happens. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, shit, don't do this. What a, he coward. has no interest in, vi- in actual violence. What a fucking violence. coward. No one is going to give you money <laughs> if they're in jail or they're shot or they're dead. True. He has uh, he makes money when you are just so angry that you pull out your wallet and want to make a change. That you buy his bullshit bone broth. But like yeah. that is the one thing <laughs> yeah. that he I don't like. I don't see Alex going to jail over this. Funding it maybe because he has talked a lot about the fact that he paid like $50,000 to get that speaking spot. Like it was a pay to like that's why he was up there promoting Alex. He paid a fuck ton of money to be up there. And by extension kind of funded the, what was uh, happening. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I don't think he's going to get in trouble much beyond that because he genuinely wasn't inc- like when it started happening. There are videos of him being like, "Oh shit, like this isn't good." What? A, but that pisses me off about who he is. Yeah, because like, he's a fucking asshole. That, that he well, is because a he's a, he's, well, he's a bunch not of a tough talk, and he's like yeah. revolution, revolution, revolution. But I mean, look at him. Yeah, yeah. he enjoys a cushy well, life, and yeah. that's exactly why I, I'm like not surprised that him and, and Roger Stone got. Uh, Subpoenaed on the same day. First of all, they appear on the fucking Roger Stone had a job with Infowars for a long time. Roger Stone, well, and he's still a regular guest. Yeah, he appears all the fucking time, and and, and they're always in lockstep with each other. Then is the the way Alex has claimed that he he's only had Trump on once, and yeah. like in 2015, the way he's been able to claim that he's still connected is because Roger is you know connected closely to tied to yeah. Trump and will fucking stoop to Alex's level. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, so Stone's camp issues a statement, or Stone himself issues a statement. And then, oh, he's not going to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> Last December, Trump pardoned Stone of charges stemming from the Mueller investigation, but that won't help him here. Tonight, Stone issued a statement in response to these subpoenas. It reads in part, quote, I have said time and time again that I had no advanced knowledge of the events that took place at the Capitol on that day. Now, as for Alex Jones, the committee says he helped organize the rally ahead of the riot. The subpoena also says, quote, as you have stated, the White House told you on or about January 3 that after the Ellipse rally on January 6th, you were to lead a march to the Capitol where President Trump would meet the group. You and others on InfoWars repeatedly promoted President Trump's allegations of election fraud and made statements implying you had knowledge about the plans of President Trump with respect to the rally. Okay, real quick, before I let you respond, which like... We can go back and forth about it. Look, the only reason I don't have anything to say on that. Yeah, because that the cli- yeah, it, like it's it's just there for like the so that we can say posterity. Like, th- this is what yeah. I break out my own. This is what happened. Word. Here's here's the. Uh, Here's the sugar, though, to throw on top of that. Last week, Alex Jones was found liable for damages in defamation lawsuits that were brought by parents of the children killed in the Sandy Hook Elementary shooting. Yeah, 
Nobody like nobody should ever give a fuck what Alex is saying. Yeah. Like Alex has been sued for for lying about shit before and being a lying about piece the murder of, of children. Yeah, and, yep. and yeah, and bombarding the parents of yeah. Which like it like I'm glad that he has too because then when you get in front of Congress or whatever and you plead the fifth a million fucking times or whatever, like everybody can sit there and be like, this is the shitbag who's already been convicted of horrible horrible shit that involves. Yep. Lying and, and he's stonewalling. Here the fifth. Right, he, he didn't it. even yeah. get. It was a default judgment because he refused to play along and even turn over documents. Mm-hmm. Like at a certain point, he would just stonewall to the point that the judge would have to be like, "All right, you now lose." Like I've given you fucking three years of yeah. this shit. Yeah. Uh, three days later, uh, Roger Stone's bodyguards got uh, got subpoenaed. To- the January 6th committee issuing a new round of subpoenas focusing on groups and individuals with connections to the attack on the Capitol. NBC News political reporter Sahil Kapoor joining me now from the Hill. Sahil, you have details on this brand new round of subpoenas. Who do they target? How are those folks connected to January 6th? What should we know? Allison, a brand new round of subpoenas coming from the January 6th Select Committee, and this round targets several extremist groups that the committee believes was involved in the violence on this Capitol on the day of January 6th. The names of the groups are uh, the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and a group called the First Amendment Praetorian. The names you see there include leaders of the groups who have been sent separate letters along with uh, the letters to the groups themselves. The committee believes this is squarely within its mandate, which includes investigating the events of January 6th and everything that led up to it. These groups are are understood to have either called for violence, to have uh, supported it, or to have suggested that it was imminent. And the committee appears to want answers from the leaders of these groups as to what exactly they knew and whether they were uh, uh, involved in pushing uh, people to commit violence on this building. Praetorian. Praetorian. It's, it was the, uh, like, military police for um, Rome. Okay. Like the, the Roman army, they had Praetorians, which was like... Why, they, why do racists always go to fucking, like, ancient Greece and Rome to get know. their... Because of racism? That's right. pretty much where racism started. They want to go to Latin? Like... <laughs> like <God>. um, <laughs> Slavery was no big deal back then. Here's the thing. When you put, what's the word? Praetorian? 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 It's like P-R-E-A. Okay. Uh, Yeah. When that's the name of your group, everybody's going to remember the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. Like, that's pretty much how it goes. You have a branding problem as a white supremacist. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, So, okay. More subpoenas. That's where I actually think that, like, stuff could start uh, splitting open. Because people that are in... The extremist groups, people, like it's no wonder those are going to be your bread and butter of getting well, the, the people bubbas. who are openly committing treason, and they're not. Well, and they're also not. Uh, they're not in the power structure. Like they're not people like Bannon who has pull and connection. They're not people like Stone who have pull. They're not millionaires like you Alex say Jones. That, but not, on those days, standing next to Stone, providing him security, were Oath Keepers. Right, I yeah, know. like so they but are in the mix in terms of they're like not they they're, they're not millionaires. They're not millionaires, but they're true in the believers they're, in the terms. Oh yeah, of like, they're they're true believers. But when the, you so, start throwing jail at them because they're they they don't have enough like, money think, to think prolong if this the shit. Succeeded, if this would have succeeded, that would be 
those would be your, your SS people. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, and that was what, like, but Stuart Rhodes thought Trump no. was going to call him up. Right, no. I but I also think that's smart to go after them because those 100%. are the people you're going to get on actual crimes. Those are the people stupid enough to actually talk about treason and those are the stash pe- guns. Those are the people that if there are any connections between Trump and Stone and then the Oath Keepers, if anybody knows anything, those are the groups that are going to reveal it because those guys don't have enough money to keep the court battle going th- indefinitely and not ever have any repercussions. Yeah. Those guys are going to run out of money at $500,000 or whatever it is, which is still ridiculous for you I mean, and me. how much do you think but that like, like Stone will be able to raise money and pay them to keep them quiet for a while? For, a, for a while, but eventually, like, I mean, even, well, the, even the, if you, the, like, the Proud Boys leader started talking about shit. Like, yeah. yeah I mean, because also, no, it doesn't matter. It took, how, like, like, him getting arrested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he well, was also, like, who? He's a catchy 690. 100%. What do you want to know about who? <laughs> like, I'll tell you shit you didn't ask me. Did you see his wife? I know we're going to get to that later. Are we going to get to that in the, the Oath Keepers edition charges later? Uh, no. Okay. We so we can just talk about it now, that, that Stuart Rhodes was charged, and they had caches of weapons outside the city. They went up the steps, like, hand-on-shoulder military formation. But this is why I hate, and the, the fact that Jim, I'm sure, was pissed that they're just playing act, acting as soldiers— they did fine against the security guards there. The moment backup showed up, they were dispersed. And right. their whole dream of going and having get people get the weapons caches and, and like defending the capital was shattered the moment they had any resistance because they're play acting. Yeah. They're not yeah. real soldiers. Did you see Stuart Rhodes' ex wife release pla- pictures? Plastic patriots. That's, um, oh, that's such a good term. Is it, did you make that just now? I didn't make it up. I heard it somewhere. Oh, else. damn. Oh. I can't take um, full credit for that, but it's good. That, that's Stuart, a good term. Stuart Rhodes' ex-wife released pictures of fucking fat Stuart, and I'm as a fat man, I can say that. Fat Stuart <laughs> Rhodes popping out of a little like tunnel that he had built, like escape tunnels that he had built on his property. Like he literally, did, like that is how much he's sound? play acting. But like, <laughs> it is literally like a chubby man that looks like Chris Farley coming out of a little hole in the ground that he's dug like these strategic mazes like he's gonna escape the FBI raid coming like no you, has A has anybody besides like uh, like Pablo Escobar has anybody besides that actually escaped the feds right like yeah, does it no. ever worked it's not gonna be a group of people like, yeah it's, it's not, not gonna, gonna be, be a big group of people trying to pull an El Chapo <laughs> and it's not gonna be your sad sack of fucking Oath Keepers who were just a bunch of pl- people who couldn't get into the military and so you actively yeah. recruit like that's what yeah. I mean, like, they're police the, officers. They're the medical and... waivers. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... The guys that'll tell you, I would have joined, but I would have yelled at the drill sergeant. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I would have punched the drill sergeant in the face. I wouldn't have been... They wouldn't have been able to handle me. Yeah, the army, the yeah. military wouldn't have yeah. handled you. Leavenworth <laughs> wouldn't have been able to handle you. <laughs> right. Um, so, I guess the January 6th commission took a break from issuing subpoenas for the Thanksgiving holiday anyway. We jump forward now to December 14th, and this isn't, this isn't a subpoena yet, um, but... This is the January 6th commission for about two and a half months, three months at this point, has uh, been kind of playing this game with Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows Mark Meadows was weird because, like, Bannon flat out, when he was subpoenaed, came out and was like, fuck that, I'm not going. And, uh, like, Dan Shavino was like, fuck that, I'm not going. And all of these other guys, Roger Stone, I'm not, I'm not interested. And Alex Jones, for a minute, was like, I'm not interested. And... Uh, but Mark Meadows was like, 
initially when information was requested, he handed some over to to seem like he was going to be playing ball, right? And then he kind of started making excuses, like Trump called him or some shit. And like after he initially looked like he was going to cooperate with the committee, he was just like, "Well, yeah, I got woke up with a horse head in his bed." Basically, maybe yeah. Roger Stone threatened to kill his dog too. Maybe. <laughs> um, he, he basically was like, look, I got it. I'm not going to be able to make it. Con- look, Congress, I got a dentist appointment that day. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna, it's not working for me. That's exactly where my brain went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, my, my 54 year old daughter has a softball game. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know that he has a 54 year old daughter. Probably not. I made that character up. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Mark Meadows was weird. And now we're at a point in December where uh, Liz Cheney especially, um, but the commission is like, all right, fuck this. Like, we've issued you subpoenas. You were trying, you said you were going to cooperate. You've been dicking us around for two and a half months. We keep rescheduling when you're going to come testify and you're not fucking cooperating anymore. So Mark Meadows is now on December 14th held in contempt of Congress. Thank you very much, Madam Speaker. Um, Madam Speaker, uh, as Chairman Thompson noted, we are here with great sadness. We are here recognizing and understanding the serious nature of the situation. And Madam Speaker, we wish we had another alternative. We wish that we did not uh, have to meet today uh, to urge our colleagues uh, to po- vote uh, criminal contempt for one of our former colleagues and the former Chief of Staff to President Trump. We don't take this step lightly. As my colleagues have noted and will no doubt say again today, for weeks, the committee has worked with Mr. Meadows, with his counsel, to reach an agreement on cooperation, to reach an agreement and accommodation. Now, the reality, Madam Speaker, is the accommodations process is a process that takes place between the legislative branch and the executive branch. Mr. Meadows is a member of neither, and yet the committee has taken the extra step of working to try to make sure that we do everything we can to secure Mr. Meadows' testimony. He is improperly asserting executive and other privileges, but the vote on contempt today relates principally to his refusal to testify about messages and other communications that he admits are not privileged. He has not claimed and he does not have privilege to refuse entirely to testify regarding these topics. It is insanity that these guys are all just like executive privilege. Like, first of all, you can't say that. You're not the executive. Like, you're not the executive. Yeah, and like, now neither is Trump. Right. Um, and, yeah, so it is It is insane. I she, noticed none of them are making the argument executive privilege because Trump's still in office. They're all admitting that Trump lost, which is undercutting... The whole reason people storm the fucking Capitol, yeah, and yet half the nation still believes that Trump won, even though they are tacitly admitting right now. Although half the nation isn't watching this or interested no. in this, yeah, only those of us who give a shit, who want to see something happen, are interested in this. They still believe the voting machines were 
Yeah, the, and this is a witch hunt yeah. thing. Cyber the, Ninja found nothing, but oh the, no. The mail-in ballots still... were duplicates and stuff like that. I love that. I, I got into an argument. Why, why did it take so long to count them? I don't know, because it's inside of mail. You have to open up each individual. And we haven't like, had a, an election during a pandemic this. for 100 years. I got into another little like back and forth online the other day with a guy who was like, yeah, well, it was rigged for Biden. And I was like, How? By expanding the type of voting that most Republicans use, like it always, like anytime mail-in voting's done, it like super favors Republicans because it's a bunch of old people doing it. Usually, and, like but usually, Trump, but Trump went out and said, "Don't vote by mail." <laughs> yeah, so, so like, <laughs> so when your God King tells you something, <laughs> you listen. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. So Cheney's pissed. Uh, they they're voting to hold Mark Meadows in contempt, and she's gonna tell you why. And this to me is. This, to me, is evidence that she's just, like, pissed and fed up with it. And she's like, you know what? If you're not going to come talk to us, then we are going to tell the American people, much in the way that we heard her talk about Bannon, like, this is why we're holding them in contempt. Uh, here's why we're holding Mark Meadows in contempt. And, like, this, I think, is pretty fucking damning. It's going to shape the rest of this episode. Members of Congress, the press, and others wrote to Mark Meadows as the attack was underway. One text Mr. Meadows received said, quote, we are under siege here at the Capitol. Another, quote, they have breached the Capitol. In a third, Mark, protesters are literally storming the Capitol, breaking windows on doors, rushing in. Is Trump going to say something? A fourth, there's an armed standoff at the House chamber door. And another from someone inside the Capitol. We are all helpless. Dozens of texts, including from Trump administration officials, urged immediate action by the president. Quote, POTUS has to come out firmly and tell the protesters to dissipate. Someone is going to get killed. In another, Mark, he needs to stop this now. A third, in all caps, tell them to go home. A fourth, and I quote, POTUS needs to calm this shit down. Indeed, according to the records, multiple Fox News hosts knew the president needed to act immediately. They texted Mr. Meadows and he has turned over those texts. Quote, Mark, the president needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy, Laura Ingram wrote. Please get him on TV, destroying everything you have accomplished, Brian Kilmeade texted. Quote, can he make a statement Ask people to leave the Capitol, Sean Hannity urged. As the violence continued, one of the president's sons texted Mr. Meadows, quote, he's got to condemn this shit ASAP. The Capitol Police tweet is not enough, Donald Trump Jr. texted. Meadows responded, quote, I'm pushing it hard, I agree. Still, President Trump 
did not immediately act. Yeah, it's a, I I think she's pissed because she's like, you know what? I'm going to read these texts and I'm going to tell you who fucking said them too. And like and good for her. I'm glad. Like we need every almost every single one of those motherfuckers has been a character on the show. Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, uh not Brian Kilmeade, not, not yet. Not yet. Not not yet. That's cuz Fox and like that's a that's a bonus episode. Fox and Friends is so goddamn dumb anyway. Yeah. And it's like I uh this it, is it. It's like the, the Riz show. show. <laughs> but, yeah. but for Republicans. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um talk about fucking O'Doul's and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, Brian Kilmeade has been on the show though because in the he was in the first Tucker Carlson episode. Yeah, he's shown up, but um, yeah, he needs to be a focus. But talk yeah, about um, which non-alcoholic beer they love. <laughs> yeah, like this is the 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 things the J6 committee needed to do and and show like the fact that we all what we all knew we know that the Fox News people, the pundits, are lying. That they don't believe this shit. Yeah. And that, that when it got too real, just like Lindsey Graham on that day was like, oh shit, we're not for Trump anymore. But then the, the rest of the country didn't agree. Right. They created a monster they no longer have control over. So now they're following yeah, it instead of leading it. The rest of the country just it. shifted over to OAN. Yeah. Yeah. But, or it doesn't even matter because like they will just bombard Fox until they see where the money is. And the money is in, you know, is in denial of vaccines, of COVID, of the insurrection, of mm-hmm. Trump's loss. Any vote deny, that deny, doesn't deny. go your way. Yep. yep. And you either get on board or yeah, they're going to fucking get you out of there. That's why Thomas Massey, an MIT graduate, is on board with that crap. Yeah. Yeah, because money. That's yeah, why all yeah. of them are. And it's a, none of the half of those guys don't believe that shit. Alex Jones doesn't believe the shit that he says. Dan right, Bongino Roger doesn't Stone believe the reason shit I that use he Thomas says. Massey is because he's a fucking MIT graduate. Yeah, and he's just willfully being super he's ignorant. Fucking dumb, yeah. dumb. Joe Rogan might believe some of the shit that he says because Joe Rogan sure believes all of it. Joe Rogan's not <laughs> fucking smart, but like the the I don't know. I, I feel like Alex Jones and Roger Stone are probably smarter than Joe Rogan. He believes all of it until one of his friends brow, like browbeats him for right. it. I mean, at least those guys, those fuckers, have figured out how to use Rogan's platform to to make themselves bigger. <laughs> um, Alex Jones threatened Rogan's kids, and then Rogan invited him back on. Like, yeah, I'll bend him over. Stupid. So Cheney's going to... Do you think it's important that it's Cheney who's reading all this, that they got yes. the Republican, like, even if it's just for show? And yes. I'm sure it is. Well, it's I think that it is. Like, it's, it's to level off that attack of this is coming from the Democratic yes. left. This is coming from your own party. Yeah. Now, they can paint her as a rhino. They can try to primary her. But the fact is, it's coming from within your own yeah. party, and you can't ignore that. And she's not the only one. Uh, Benny Thompson does a lot of the reading and stuff, too. He issues a lot of statements, too. But I picked Liz Cheney because I do think she's the most important. Um, I think having that Republican there, somebody who... I think it's good to have somebody who I don't agree with on anything standing on the right side of history and, and, and just and, acknowledging what truth is right is fucking refreshing and, and being yes. yeah and being able to be like you know what i don't agree with this person who i'm going to turn into the protagonist of this episode but i stand with her on every one of these clips like so there doesn't like it doesn't have to be to me it's it's, it's a thing of like just because of the R she puts in front of her name, I don't have to hate everything about her. Like, there are some things, like acknowledging goddamn truth. Like, that's a good thing. Yeah, like, I told so, you, low bar. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, a low you know, bar. Kinziger's still almost lockstep <laughs> with his party in that, you know, he, he voted against voter rights. Yeah, which is just... But, 
he's holding on to truth at least yeah kind of unless we're talking about voting rights <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, <laughs> so with this he is he draws his line at fascist insurrection that's it, all right yeah <laughs> i'm i'm gonna stand on that side of that's, the line that's with probably you. the military man yeah me? um all right so she's gonna tell us what trump was doing while all of those texts were coming through to mark meadows the committee has first-hand testimony now that he was sitting in the dining room next to the Oval Office watching the attack on television. We have first-hand testimony uh, that his daughter Ivanka uh, went in at least twice uh, to ask him to please stop this violence. At the same time the violent assault was happening, he's watching television, he's also calling at least one senator urging delay of the electoral vote. Just a royal Jeez, piece Mr. of Burns. shit. Yeah. Mr. Burns, he's just sitting there behind his desk. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yep. I'm almost, I mean, I would say, like, we could have all guessed what Trump was doing um, during the insurrection watching TV because it seemed to be, besides tweeting, well, I mean, honestly, if you read his tweets, it, it, it corresponded so much to what was happening on Fox that that seemed to be all he was doing throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Watching Fox and That's tweeting. That's all he did every day. Everything Watch they, Fox, tweet, yeah. drink a and Diet expect, Coke. But imagine, like, because he, he talked to the crowd that day, we're going to go down there, I'm going to meet you there, and then he just went to the White House and then just hoped that they did it for him. Yep. They can they, they scared Pence enough well, to do something he had no authority to do. That's why at the end of all of this, I hope that they can, I hope that they can tie Trump to, like, suggesting to people like Roger Stone, to suggest to people like Alex Jones, to suggest, like, you need to build that fucking web that is like because like you know you say that frank you say that like well he was just hoping that this would go this way but i hope there's more i hope that there is a plan to make it go this way because like i want some goddamn accountability and the only way that i'm gonna fucking get it and not get let down again is if there is a line that you can draw and it might be a it might not be a straight line but if you can connect the goddamn dots it's a pyramid scheme yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's depressing. Yeah, it is. We're about to get into your favorite part of the show, though. Uh, we're going to talk about two characters that we've talked about on the show before. Um, and because, because obviously Liz Cheney a few minutes ago just read the, uh, just read the texts that were happening from Fox News hosts. So we've got a couple of them coming up here, plus a character that we haven't talked about since episode one. Um, we'll start with Sean Hannity. Tonight, the committee investigating the January 6th insurrection seeking cooperation from Fox News anchor Sean Hannity. The committee looking to question one of Donald Trump's top television allies as a fact witness, revealing it's in possession of dozens of text (laughs) messages between Hannity and Trump chief of staff Mark Meadows in a letter to Hannity. According to the committee, those texts suggest that Hannity may have had advanced knowledge regarding President Trump's and his legal team's planning for January 6th. Hannity reportedly writing to Meadows on the night of January 5th, quote, I'm very worried about the next 48 hours. Yeah, so Hannity's worried about the next 48 hours. Hours. Now we're starting to like that could be a general statement, right? Like it could be something where it's like, hey, I'm just nervous. But like, I don't know. I don't know if if they're I don't know if you can tie that to he knew what was going to happen because I was nervous. 48 well, hours no, because I don't if he knew like, what was going to happen, was excited about it. I think his 
text to Mark Meadows would have been different. It wouldn't have been Trump needs to tell people to go home. Yeah. I think what he was nervous about well, was he, he knew. he texts with these people. He has their personal well, numbers. And we all knew he was it, in conversation with yeah, them. We were recording podcasts. We talked about the fact that people were planning on showing up and that, like, that, that the day of the certification was going to be important and the stop yeah. the steal. And that like everyone in the country was migrating there. All these like uh, yeah. grifters online. And we the all grifted. knew what was coming. Yeah. You know, like certainly Sean Hannity fucking knew. Um, and was hearing it from his own side and he realized enough people were going to, like, like I'm sure he was nervous. I'm sure he was, too. He's a coward for, like, going back on that now when he knows for damn sure what, like, what happened. Well, he's a he's a coward and he's a piece of shit for being responsible for allowing it to get that way in the first place. If we didn't have these talking heads out there inciting people on a fucking nightly basis, and not just on a nightly basis... Sean Hannity works for a fucking machine that every single show is the same. Every single show is pumping the same propaganda bullshit that, like, the election was stolen from you. The election was stolen from you. Like, we got to take our country back. They're going to, socialists are going to put their boot on your neck and bullshit like that. Every single minute of every hour of well, every day. Go back in history when they were selling the idea of death camps from Obama and. Like, oh, the FEMA death camps. The FEMA death camps that they that. sold for so fucking long that were they were coming around the corner. Yeah, I and think that's what made Alex Jones rich. Yeah. Was I mean, it's one of the things. Right you there. said FEMA death camps. Birtherism and, and everything. Like, they have a long history of, of 20 years of this bullshit that has led to this moment. Yeah. What was the name of that special forces training mission that involved multiple states? No idea. it was right around then that the the FEMA death camp really oh, they, took off. I don't remember either. I, don't I know remember. what you're talking about, though. I, I thought it was funny, though, because uh, I had a relative, like, back a couple of years ago when we were debating, like, a vaccine's going to come out and we need to all get it. And they were like, it's the fucking mark of the goddamn beast. Oh, boy. And yeah. we were like, it's weird to put goddamn in that sentence, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but, Show me your piety. Right. <laughs> but then I was getting memes sent to me from that person who was like, did you hear about this this FEMA camp thing? I was like, you're fucking late to yeah. this party. Yeah. FEMA camps? What it's are like you talking about? four years about? ago. <laughs> Dude, we saw Whoever's giving you your conspiracies, like, you need to update. Like, <laughs> system reboot or some shit. Like, you, someone scrolled all the way back and read it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so Sean Hannity, any idea what, I mean, I'm sure Frank, you know, cause you sent me the clip, any idea what Sean Hannity's response was to, to, uh, Liz Cheney, uh, reading his texts in Congress, Jim? Probably something about it was in jest. Uh, no, that one, I guess would have been equally as stupid. Um, but this one fits more the talking points anyway. Where is the outrage in the media over my private text messages being released again publicly? Do we believe in privacy in this country? <laughs> Apparently not. I am an honest, straightforward person. I say the same thing in private that I say to all of you. Liz Cheney knows this. She doesn't seem to care. She's interested in one thing and one thing only. Smearing Trump and purging him from the party. Not, look, 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 look. Yeah, all right. Big the, swing. the Patriot Act is a thing. You loved it for a long time. Yeah. Until it cut Douche. both ways. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, that is the greatest deflection I've ever seen in my life is like, hey, privacy. you announced, yeah, you announced this and you're like, whoa, whoa. A public what figurehead. You head. That privacy. reminds me. Yeah. That is so much when a, when like a guy comes home to his wife, get pissed, being like, I went through your phone and found out you're cheating. And the guy's response is, you went through my phone? Like, <laughs> that is not the issue here. <laughs> no. Yeah. You asshole. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's that's just that's ridiculous. Um, but like, but it fits the it fits the mold, right? Like, why would I have expected anything else? What did we expect? Did any of the three of us expect for for that clip to have been like any other like him apologizing or, or what, him like, being like, yeah, Trump fucked he, up that he day. He did better than yeah. I thought. Honestly, I thought he would have just been like, oh, was, I was joking. Yeah, well, what, we, what he could have done if he was like a not piece of shit. He could have easily said, just I was, been like, Trump was wrong, and that was a line. Well, like, yeah. He could have also <laughs> spun it into, I was just talking about the violent people, which made up such a small minority of those patriots, blah, blah, blah. You know what he could have also done that would have worked for his fucking dumbass crowd? Just shrugged his shoulders and went, what are you going to do about it? You're going to not tune in? Yeah. Fuck don't, you. Don't watch like, me vape now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh oh. I'll do this show in my fucking bathrobe if I want to. That's how like yeah. That's how much you're in an echo chamber right now. It doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know why I would expect anything different. Like, I do think it's ironic that anyone would call Hannity as a fact witness. Like yeah. that man hasn't met a fact. A fact like, witness. <laughs> a fact witness. And then the next clip played is I've only ever been honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would be saying, like, I would say the same thing that I would say, like, say to you in private and public. Yeah. Is that what he was saying on January 6th, that night live? No. He wasn't yeah. on there urging people to go home, saying the president should come out. He wasn't saying that shit. No. No, he wasn't. He was on there on the, on the night of, and I've said it before, like, on the night of, he was being careful. Like, you can go back and you can watch those videos and, like, well, some of them, because most of them got scrubbed from around that time. Um, but, like, he was being careful. He was being, like, the violence isn't right. But who's to say, like, he could have drawn the line at Trump there and then just, like, a year later been like, yeah, he could still be taking the position that the violence was the line, but I still stand with Trump. And it, yeah. and it would still play the same way, only it wouldn't seem like such a sack of shit for, for like, yeah, ignoring just, the violence. Just, yeah. Yeah. Because deflecting really is just ignoring the violence Especially and the people that died. when the next time a black kid gets shot by a white cop and people, people riot protest. and prote- protest, protest over it, he's going to be outraged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck, man? Ugh. All right. Well, we're going to jump from character to character to character now. Uh, actually, episode, I think it's uh, well, one, two, and four, I think is how it, is how it works out. Um, I figure we can't have a insurrection episode. It's like an un-American reunion up in here. It is a reunion up in like here. We came back and you just brought all our I've, favorite cast of characters. Oh, yeah, and I'm going to do it again soon. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, because we're going we're gonna to have a big old reunion. We're going to all play a game together. Um, <laughs> but for now, I figure... Imagine... We- all the people we've ever covered playing a Monopoly together. Oh, dude. <laughs> Shots would be fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no shit. Well, you know Bobert would bring her gun. Yeah. Just- <laughs> and her pedophile husband. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so I figured you can't have an Unsurrection episode without old uh, 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 New Balances. Old New Balance. <laughs> uh, we are approaching a solemn anniversary this week. Uh, And it is an anniversary of a violent terrorist attack on the Capitol where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage, incredible bravery, uh, risk their lives uh, to defend the men and women who serve in this Capitol. So this was on January 5th. Um, (coughs) Ted Cruz 
uh, got himself into a little bit of a controversy there Ooh, with some hot water. Yeah, with the with By the MAGA. speaking the truth, as it obviously is, which is insane to say, right? Yeah. Like it's insane to say. Ted Cruz and speaking the truth well, in a serious manner in the same sentence. When you say yep. Ted Cruz got in trouble for something he said, right on. That's what I expect to happen. When I hear that, I'm like, there's nothing. Really? Nothing he's in wrong trouble, he's in trouble for statement. the wrong reason. Yeah. yeah. Yep. There's a million things you could tear this man apart. He's one of the most despicable members of American politics. Almost yep. everyone hates him. He read and, Green Eggs and Ham inside <laughs> of the Senate in a fake filibuster. That, yeah. yeah. That he later voted for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not even later, like an hour later. later. <laughs> like, yeah, he immediately voted against what he filibustered for. I swear like, to God, it's just like he's a shit. Yeah, throws his kids under the bus. I think that his kids just like don't pay attention to him. They only watch TV, and he's like, "Look, I'm gonna force them to fucking watch like, me." Oh my God, Dad's talking. Can we go to Cancun? <laughs> <laughs> like, so let's think. Like, it, it's it's crazy where he is now, and the way that like we talk about, and not now because he has since the inception of the show, he has been the Ted Cruz that he is. But like, if you go back to the first episode, you listen to like when he seemed like the articulate candidate in Texas, but like before he like before he won anything or whatever, and just like where he is now, where it's just like everything you say is dumber than the fucking last thing. Well, that you also said. just the proof that. And now you're in the, trouble for the only honest, real thing that you've ever said. Yeah. And and, and backwalking it, as we'll hear in a minute. But he just – the thing I hate most about Ted Cruz, and he might be my most despised member of uh, the Senate, is because he has a spine made of jello. When Trump insulted his wife's looks, he fucking – like, yeah, she's way. not that great. <laughs> when, <laughs> when he got called out on Cancun and, and the pictures came out of him at the fucking uh, airport while, you know, the it's like, it's power not that outage, great. I was on my way back. He threw his kids under the bus, you know? Yeah. It, 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 the moment Tucker Carlson browbeats him, like, this is I, this right. is a clip I've heard, and it's just hard to see yeah, through. Yeah, so that's where we're going. Uh, brings us to another character that we've had on the show. Uh, not on the show. He hasn't showed. If Tucker Carlson would like to show up on the show, I would be more than pleased to have him. Like, absolutely. <laughs> that would never happen. That would never happen. That would be not a productive episode. We have talked about him on the show. Uh, yeah, so t- Tucker Carlson, this is weird. This is a weird thing that happens here. Because, yeah, Tucker Carlson is the one that browbeats him over the thing that he said the only thing that he said that isn't batshit crazy uh, in uh, fucking years and yeah this whole exchange is weird and I think we're gonna giggle Senator Cruz was game enough to come on tonight we appreciate that he joins us now Senator thanks so much for coming on so I guess what I, I mean there are a lot of dumb people in the Congress you're not one of them I think you're smarter than I am uh, and you never use words carelessly um, and yet you called this a terror attack when by no definition was it a terror attack. That's a lie. You told that lie on purpose, and I'm wondering why you did. So, yeah, uh, Tucker is not By no heavy. definition. Uh, w- which definition are you reading, Tucker? Yeah. Here's the thing, too. Like, these, this, both of these guys, Ted Cruz and Tucker Carlson, are, like, going to be the first people to say when uh, Black Lives Matter protest turns violent that that was a terror attack these were they also used like racially charged terms like thugs well like by definition when a police station gets burned down that is terrorism yeah sure so is this yeah and they're just like oh by no definition yeah okay so you just omitted some words yeah yeah it's violence in the name of a political end goal 
Yeah, which is like and it, it, it can call domestic and, terrorist if you want. Yeah, to exactly. It can it. be foreign or right. domestic. Yeah, but the, yeah. Well, the end goal has to be. Yeah, you'll find out in a minute that Tucker Carlson had like. The, 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 the separation like, there is by like, no definition then doesn't read the definition. <laughs> Tucker is <laughs> reveling in this though. You can hear him salivating of, of like I guess yeah, it's weird. What's what are you gonna do? Like I bet you you're that, spineless. I bet you that like the reality of the, all, I don't buy that moment. I bet is you awkward as hell. The reality of all of these relationships is like all of them just want to be like the best shithead at whatever they're the best shithead at, but they all probably don't like the other ones. So like this is probably like a real moment where like we don't have to play buddy buddy be- for ideological reasons. I'm just gonna shit on you because like I genu- genuinely don't like you. Like I'll use you. We can use each other and make money off of it. But like fuck you, Ted. That's what this feels like. It's it's weird. <laughs> Well, Tucker, thank you for having me on. When you aired your episode last night, I, I sent you a text shortly thereafter and said, listen, I'd like to go on because the way I phrased things yesterday, it, it was sloppy and, and it was frankly dumb. And, I don't and buy that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I don't well, buy that. For, look, I've known you a long time since before you went to the Senate. You were a Supreme Court contender. You take words as seriously as any man who's ever served in the Senate. And every word you repeated that phrase, I do not believe that you used that accidentally. I just don't. This I is just, I just don't. this is so weird, though, right? <laughs> like he has an opportunity it's bad right television. now. I just do. Yeah, he has an opportunity right now to just let I don't Cruz believe it. Walk out I don't of have it. a reason, like, but I just don't. Yeah, Cruz is about to offer up an explanation for whatever dumb explanation he had pre-worked out, and like, Tucker's like, "Nope, I not would, not accepting it." I would have accepted. I don't believe it because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Okay. Do you think that uh, that We'll hear more. Lindsey Graham just, I mean, literally bends over in the way that he Ted did Cruz. this. Or Ted Cruz, I'm sorry. Ted Cruz literally just bends over in the way he did for Trump and the way he did for, I mean, pretty much anybody in the last that's challenged yeah, him this, in the, that's not a Democrat in the last every bit, five years. Every, every single bit of this is just weird to me. Should he like, not come out swinging a little more? Like, there's certainly a lot of things you can turn around and ask Ted about, like— Weren't you like? I don't think he Ted, doesn't care about those things. I don't think Ted Cruz <laughs> expected it to go this way. I think that, like he said, like you aired a show last night. You talked about it. I texted you, and I think that like there's this. this si- is a there's a trend. silent Tucker uh, always texts the people that he's gonna have on his show. True. There's We're starting to I see the pattern. I think that there's a silent understanding between these shithead grifters that like I'm gonna come on, I'm gonna walk my way out of whatever controversy it is, and you're gonna let me do it. And for whatever reason, something is up Tucker Carlson's ass, and he's like, yeah. I'm not letting you do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is fucking weird. It's, so Tucker, as a result of my sloppy phrasing, it's caused a lot of people to misunderstand what I meant. Let me tell you what what I meant to say. What I was referring to are, are the limited number of people who engaged in violent attacks against police officers. Now, I think you and I both agree that if you assault a police officer, you should go to jail. That's who I was talking about. And the reason the phrasing was sloppy is I have talked dozens, if not hundreds of times. I've drawn a distinction. I wasn't saying that the thousands of peaceful protesters supporting Donald Trump are somehow terrorists. I wasn't saying the millions of, of, of patriots across the country supporting President Trump are terrorists. And that's what a lot of people have misunderstood well, that well, comment. Wait a I second, focused, but even you, yeah. wait, but hold on. What you just said doesn't make sense. So if somebody assaults a cop, he should be charged and go to jail. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. We have said that for years. But that person's still not a terrorist. How many people have been charged with terrorism on January so listen, 6th? Like, why'd you not, use that word? You're playing into the other side's 
characterization that, as Joe Kent just explained, allows them to define an entire population as foreign combatants. And you know that. First of all, foreign not doesn't foreign. matter. No, like, no, it's domestic, you jackass. Yeah, he knows this. Well, like, that's giving up the game, isn't it? He he defines terrorism as foreign. He is a car right? salesman. He's That's literally what he just said, though. By doing this, they're allowing them to brand all the Republicans as foreigners, essentially, for like for, because he associates <laughs> because, terrorists because foreigners with foreigners. are the others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, this to me, this is so weird. This is disingenuous because I don't. Also, I don't believe oh, that Tucker won't use these exact same arguments the it, next it time. It might he, be the most. Yeah. It might be the most dis- intellectually dishonest thing he's ever said. Oh, might yeah. be. But he's do- but I don't get the purpose. I don't understand the purpose because Tucker Carlson will. Well, use you had a good hypothesis. Sa- I think he just really hates Ted. He just well, doesn't want to let him walk He just doesn't it. ever get to show it. Well, like, yeah. he hates Ted. He gets to score whatever few like bipartisan points. Like, oh look, he takes on uh, his own party when they say stupid stuff. I think like. It's just fun for him. No, it because got him a we lot can of see through the bullshit. His well, regular we, listeners are like, <laughs> right? But oh, it got him. Okay, a lot of, that's cool. He'll go after whoever doesn't agree it with this. Got him a lot of coverage. This showed up everywhere. This clip was used. Yeah. like uh, almost. You know, I'm using it. Yeah, yeah. man. It's a couple and, and weeks later at up, this yeah. point. Like, it showed up in the hill. It showed up fucking everywhere. Like everyone covered this moment because it was like, holy shit. It's another instance of this guy not having a spine. As awkward as when daddy slaps mommy at the dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. It it just keeps it just keeps going. It it keeps giving. Like for me, this is fun. This was my most. This was the most fun part of prepping the episode for me. I had to like squeeze it into a really tight schedule and like had to like cut shit up between work and between right now while we're sitting here doing this. And so I was like stressed out. And then I got to this part of the show and was like, I enjoy this. Like this is fun. But uncomfortable as shit. <laughs> the, the reason I use that word, for a decade, I have referred to people who violently assault police officers as terrorists. I've done so over and over and over again. If you look at all the assaults we've seen across the country, I've called that terrorism over and over again. That being said, Tucker, I agree with you. It was a mistake to say that yesterday. And the reason is what you just said, which is we've now had a year of Democrats in the media twisting words and trying to say that all of us are terrorists, trying to say you're a terrorist, I'm a terrorist. And so, look, I don't like people who, who assault cops, and, and, and I well, stand up and defend cops. And, and the reason I use that word is that's the word I've always used for people that violently attack cops. But in this context, I get why people were angry, because we've had a year of the corrupt corporate media and Democrats claiming anyone who... who objected to, to the election fraud. And by the way, remember what was happening during wait, wait, those wait, wait, protests. Can, can I just ask, hold on, you work in the... Se- I just, I guess I just don't believe you. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Is Tucker coked up? Like, he's so amped. Like, he's ready. Like, he... His whole day, he knew that this was going to happen. He's like, I'm going to have Ted on the show tonight, and Easy I am target. going to bend him over. He, he's <laughs> had about three Adderalls today. I guess. That's what it feels like. Um, yeah, that's... I, that is some horrible deflection on fucking Lindsay's... Or fucking Lindsay. Uh, Ted Cruz's part to just be like... Blame Democrats. Be like, I said this thing. You're taking me to task for saying this thing. The reason is because Democrats have been saying that thing. Well, and he's even trying and, like to, they tricked to me, me to say it. To me, that's an olive branch thing because like I've cut clips so many damn times, and it's always the same shit. Like every time I cut the clips, it's no matter what episode of the show, especially Tucker's show that we're that we're 
covering or that we're listening to or the watching like every single episode follows the same format and so to me when Ted Cruz starts talking about the corporate media that's Ted Cruz's way of saying like Sean Hannity would say the media mob and the and Tucker Carlson would say it in his own way the liberal media like whatever his yeah. his catchphrase term is and so to me it's Ted Cruz offering this olive branch of like we can agree that this is the corporate media. Let's walk both out gang of this. up on the straw man. Yeah, let's walk out of this together. And Tucker's like, I don't believe you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is happening? And I mean that with respect because I have such respect for your acuity and your precision. And I've seen it on display. I've covered you as a reporter. I know how you speak. And you have sat there for a year and watched people use language to distort the events of that day. Intentionally. Insurrection. Coup. It, of course it terrorism. was an insurrection. Saying it's an insurrection is a political term. It's a lie. I've repeatedly denounced it. And, and, and when it comes to, look, I was focusing on what I normally say. That, what you aired was a little 15-second snippet. What I normally say is violence is wrong, peaceful protest is right. If you engage in violence, you should be prosecuted. If you're speaking, you have a right to speak. I right. say that all the time. Well, I meant and I agree. That snippet. So who's Ray Epps, by the way, since you are a senator? Like he and this other guy are clearly encouraging yeah. the crowd to commit crimes Neither one has been arrested or charged. What is that, do you think? So I think that is a very good question. I don't know who Ray Epps is. I've seen that video multiple times. It's disturbing. Right? He's clearly urging the crowd to violate the law. When you see the crowd start chanting, fed, 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 for him to appear on the FBI's most wanted list and come off, it certainly suggests he was working for the FBI. That's not conclusive, but that's the obvious implication Okay, so uh, I don't know who Ray Epps is. Do you? He's an Oath Keeper, and the Oath Keepers have this thing of uh, constantly thinking they're being infiltrated by the FBI. Oh, okay. If, if you look at the Stuart Rhodes, a lot of the email, like, uh, they even talk about the fact that, like... Uh, so what did he do for them to start calling him a fed? Did he, did he, like, wink at him weird when he said something? And they're like, oh, shit, he's no, a fan. he got caught the same way that the fucking QAnon shaman was thrown aside. Like, the moment you get caught and you're in the shit, Antifa. we don't know you. Yeah, <laughs> you're part of the enemy. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I, well, then, I, if if he's an Oath Keeper, I don't give as much no, of a and fuck I, about I, him. I, uh, um, I will ask Tucker to show me the video where people are calling him a Fed, and they're not saying, yes, let's go into the Capitol. Still Capitol's. a weird thing for uh, Tucker to pivot to. In the middle of this battle over words, which, by the way, Ted Cruz saying that the like first of all i think it, it we can establish without debating it at all that like terrorism is the right word fuck you tucker fuck you ted for trying to walk out of that now um but ted cruz said insurrection is a term that they're trying to use for political like, how how many plastic patriots do you think picked up their webster di dictionary that they have in their living room after that little exchange and looked up terrorism and they saw the actual definition and they burned the fucking book. Yeah. It, like, yeah. Ah, it doesn't make any damn sense. We need the dictionary out of schools. Like that's <laughs> yeah. what needs to happen. Well, Tucker uh, used the word foreign. Here, the, this book needs to use the word foreign. Here's, here's another word that's in the dictionary. Insurrection, a violent uprising against an authority or government. Noun. Yeah. So That's the definition. Uh, assaulting a right. hundred and something police officers. It's not a fucking political Hitting term. Hitting them with barricades. Fuck, yeah. Words like, mean things, and facts still don't care about your feelings. Putting yeah. up a gallows. That was a book by Ben Shapiro. Yeah, it was. <laughs>
Yeah, it was. It makes me mad when you say it now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now they don't care about that. Now their feelings take precedent over their facts. Yeah, I don't know. Here's our last clip from this goofy exchange. While while thousands of people were standing up to defend this country on January 6th, at that exact moment, I was standing on the Senate floor objecting to the election results, demanding that we, we, we impanel an election commission to consider evidence of voter fraud. And I brought together 11 senators to join me in supporting getting to the bottom of that. So, of course, it would be ridiculous for me to be saying that the people standing up and protesting to follow the law were somehow terrorists. Look, what a weird gymnastic, like, defending the country. No, they weren't. They're defending a person, Trump. He is not the United States. No, he's not. shut the fuck up about that. And he lost because the United States decided that they wanted somebody else. So, like, what they were doing is trying to overthrow the country. That's what they were trying to do. Defending the United States. You, you're you're an ass clown. Yeah. Constitutional lawyer. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's infuriating. And uh, I don't know. It, it's just, it, it really makes me mad. It makes me mad that Ted Cruz isn't fucking subpoenaed yet. We've talked about a lot of subpoenas on this episode. Like, throwing his fucking way. Yeah. Like, what did he know? What did he talk to Holly about before? Like, how did that whole we're going to object come into play? Was he talking to Trump? Was he talking to Meadows? Were there people that were going between the White House and the Senate talking about who's going to? He just admitted on national television that he, he was urging other senators to join him. Right. Clearly, he's organizing things. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Like, anyway, we've got a few more. He's like tier three in the pyramid scheme. Yeah. We've got a few more subpoenas Mm. to go before we wrap this up. We're almost to the end. We got a couple more. Um, This one is a big one, though, and I think probably a good one. This comes on uh, January 12th, 13th. That's right. The tech giants are facing subpoenas as part of the Congressional Select Committee's investigation into the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The committee is demanding records from Alphabet, Meta, Reddit and Twitter relating to what they say is the spread of information, efforts to overturn the 2020 election, domestic violent extremism and foreign influence in the 2020 election. We are reaching out to all four of those companies for comment, but of course, this comes amid growing scrutiny of the tech giants on Capitol Hill. Good. They referred to Facebook as Meta. Yep. So, like, yeah, are we just going to not, we're going to stop calling it Facebook? Well, legally, yeah. they are Meta now. Yeah. Like, the same way that, uh, like, instead of saying Google, they have to say Alphabet. That's still, such a, still says um, Facebook in the upper left corner. It is, but I think, like, the parent company, in the same way that Google is owned by Alphabet, Facebook is now owned by Meta because they're trying to rebrand. I don't even Facebook understand what the hell that means old. either. It, I, it's, I don't get it. Corporate fuckery. It is corporate fuckery because the only We're reason, Meta now, the but o- what changed? Nothing changed. <laughs> the only thing that changed is when all the scandals come up in Congress. They, they it's rebrand? Go, it's going to yeah. be Meta now, and you're still going to use Facebook because, like, <laughs> it's... You know, like that is exactly what it's for. It is corporate fuckery. By the way, super damning. Like everything that came out about Facebook, super damning. Yeah. Like they they knew about all this shit and did absolutely nothing about it. Well, that's what. And then and then they're they're just like, oh, well, what if we throw some VR your way? Will you forget about it? Forget (laughs) about Cambridge Analytic and all that shit. If we just like, yeah, give you some cool like. Fucking immersive world you can sit well, in. Like they, they were, that we're promising you, but it's not here yet. So it go all the communities that existed, like for these organizers on Facebook, like all the militia groups. 
mm-hmm. that organized them to go to the Capitol, it, they violated Facebook's community standards, and Facebook was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And I get banned for calling out nationalists. Yeah. Like, weekly. For calling somebody a dummy. Yeah. You get banned for I called a month. I got banned for calling a dude Tiger. I was like, yeah. what is it, Tiger? I was like, yeah. Tiger, yeah that's Tiger's literally, derogatory. That's literally what Mary Jane calls Peter Parker. Yeah. Like, that's a playful, like... I mean, I did. It was my third time. I was like, I said like tiger and like uh, shooter or some shit. <laughs> like I don't know. I had a bunch of like pet names for this guy. I'm not your buddy guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what started it. He yeah. said that, and I was like, okay, all right, tiger. <laughs> like, but, all right, sport. Uh, the the next day on uh, December or January. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. It was uh, about five days later, January 19th. Another big name gets uh, gets subpoenaed here. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol insurrection has just subpoenaed four close allies of Donald Trump, including Rudy Giuliani. Let's get straight to CNN's Paula Reed, who's breaking this for us. Paula, walk us through who's on this list. The House Select Committee investigating January 6th just firing off four subpoenas to Trump allies who helped push the big lie. As you just noted, the biggest name on this list, Rudy Giuliani, the longtime personal attorney to former President Trump, who helped spearhead efforts to try to uncover evidence of election fraud and undermine the results of the 2020 election. Now, they're also targeting two other individuals who once served as attorneys to former President Trump. The first is Jenna Ellis. Now, she circulated two memos purporting to analyze uh, how former Vice President Mike Pence could either delay or stop the counting of electoral votes. The committee also firing off a subpoena to Sidney Powell, who was once part of the Trump legal team that she was eventually pushed out, one of the loudest voices pushing the big lie. Also a subpoena for Trump advisor Boris Epstein. Now, he is significant because he attended meetings at the Willard Hotel, which was the location of the so-called war room for many Trump allies trying to brainstorm ways to stop the certification of the electoral results. According to the committee, he also spoke with former President Trump on January 6th about their options to make that happen. So those are big names. Uh, Giuliani, Cindy Powell, like those are those are names that I want to see uh, that I want to see in front of in front of Congress. I actually think Giuliani might be one of the most fucked people in this entire thing. Oh, yeah, because he oh, said trial by combat. Yeah, trial by combat's going to fuck That him. is as close. It should. If it doesn't, then then who gives a shit? I shouldn't even, <laughs> like say that's about as, I shouldn't even say that's as close to violence as it gets. That is violence. He's calling directly for violence. Yeah. yeah. Trial by combat. Yeah. Like, go grab a sword and challenge him to a duel. Yeah, and then they tried to fucking flip the building upside down. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, you're going to bring in Powell because the Kraken and him were, and mm. Giuliani were closely tied in the lawsuit bullshit that went on, right. which was also calculated to try and, like, overturn the election, which yeah. goes directly like, into, yeah. I, I just feel like anytime Rudy got in front of the <sighs> mic, he just had, like, the chant from the movie in his head. Like, somebody's going, like, in the background, and, like, real quiet voices, it's all, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> Does anybody else feel like fucking... Uh, you're that crazy person with red string everywhere trying to keep up with everyone and what part they played. Yes. And, like, it, uh, you forget shit so often that when people tell you, like, oh, yeah, that was a huge piece of that, like, trying to keep all the players and all the criminals straight is getting to be a daunting task. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
it's like a big it's a big network that's loosely tied together by a bunch of fucking idiots that just like get come in and out which and is why it's probably all scamming hard. people yeah. they're all coming in to, to like steal from the same pot of like uh of victims yeah yeah, it, I don't know. They don't even know they're victims. They call themselves fans. I really feel like, <laughs> the, yeah, damn. <laughs> I really feel like the uh, if like Hitler was surrounded by a bunch of fucking morons, then like, I mean, he was to a point. He, yeah, it, it was about half. He took over. Half. <laughs> yeah, half were morons. Well, I guess Trump took over too. Yeah, uh, but not in the same way. I just yeah. feel like this was like if if. If uh, Goebbels was Stalin, right? Like, man, if if Goebbels was alive today, w- fa- Facebook, oh my god, was Goebbels a Nazi? Yeah, he yes. was. Under okay, Hitler. so he was Hitler. He was, he the, was prop- the propaganda, the propaganda king. minister. Yeah. yeah, I feel like if filmmaker, if, if Goebbels, if Goebbels was as stupid as Giuliani, shit wouldn't have gone as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's that's Giuliani didn't know how to use Facebook like Goebbels would have. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, all right, we got a couple more. Uh, you meant Munich, the city. I, I got you, Munich, the bike shop. Like, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> Oh, January. <laughs> also on January 19th, a big thing happened. You remember at the beginning of the show, we talked about um, uh, the the National Archives, right? And, and being. And, and yeah, Trump had sued into stall and stuff. Because of executive privilege, privilege or yeah. whatever. Um, so the Supreme Court heard that case, and uh, things didn't go the way old, uh, old Donnie wanted. Denied. That is the last word in the first sentence of today's Supreme Court decision. And it is the last word on Donald Trump's unprecedented, the court called it, unprecedented attempt to overrule the current president of the United States, Joe Biden, and block the National Archives from handing over all of the records and documents of the Trump presidency that the January 6th committee has demanded. Donald Trump and his lawyers did not have to read beyond the first sentence of the Supreme Court's very short decision today to know that the Trump dream of a total cover-up has died. The unsigned order by the court notes that only Justice Clarence Thomas disagrees with the court's decision. All three of the judges appointed to the court by Donald Trump joined in crushing the Trump cover-up dream today so it was read with so much authority that was right. read with so much schadenfreude the <laughs> like, last yeah. word of the first sentence spelled doom <laughs> he was like fuck this guy <laughs> like, that's all i heard i actually didn't like it because when i listened to it at first i was just like oh you i just i don't even have to watch the video to hear the shit eating grin on your well, yeah <laughs> and well and the first part of it harkens back the way he speaks is very like edward r murrow's way of like broadcasting yeah where you, like you're, you're you're putting on a performance kind of and yeah. you stay kind of like very solid emphasis. Yeah. yeah. Um he would go on to say though too, because you brought it up a couple of times, Rank. He would go on to say that in the uh statement it, by the Supreme Court, um, that they said it doesn't matter. That like if he this ruling would have gone exactly the same way if he was still president. Yeah. This has nothing at all it to do like, with also, the former president so, not being able like this you can't it, you can't exert executive so privilege a, over this. A new this. Halo game came out at the end of last year. They, so 
Halo teabagging has become a new thing again. Yeah. Or like a reused new thing. Oh, it's yeah. always that, been a thing in my life. That <laughs> that clip was the political version of a Halo teabag. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing about that Supreme Court case that he didn't talk about there is that all three of the judges that Trump appointed voted against him. Only, who was it that came out? There was one dissenting vote. Clarence Thomas? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Clarence Thomas was the he, only holdout. He was asleep and thought he was voting on something but else. But yeah, yeah, every fucking person they ins- that Trump installed all, it was like, no, this is obviously ridiculous. Yeah. You cannot do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that argument is is. Dumb I'm curious and how over. much stuff in there is going to be damning. Um, whether, I don't know, because like, were they smart enough to truly, Trump didn't like handing over his phone, you know, and like just use the personal device. Right. So I don't think he was very um, obsessed with security, and and even the people that were that used like Slack and stuff, like a lot of those messages have been screenshotted and saved because these people are all backstabbers. And right, I, I'm I'm just kind of curious how much this is gonna be. Like Trump seemed to really not want this to go forward, so I'm thinking there's probably if there's anything, if there's a smoking gun, that's where it'll be. I think it could be there, and I think it could be in Meadows. Like I think Meadows could, because Meadows has already turned over the text. I mean, that there's we probably have. multiple smoking guns. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, and here's another one that they're gonna go for. Um, and this is our last clip of the episode, and it's because it's the most recent to the story. Um, this to me doesn't feel like the most sad. Like usually, I try to I try to round out whatever the topic is, and I don't feel like you really can because we're. This is less of a like it's easier when I have like a a character. We're gonna follow Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity, and then like with this, we're just like bouncing all over these characters and whatever. And there's no there's no real good like bow to put on this episode at all, um, or this content because it's just kind of like, hey, this is where we're at. This is what we've done for the last I would say year since the insurrection, but this is what we've done for the last six months since the since the nine or nine. 9-11 uh january 6th committee started um but the final subpoena we got the most recent one we got was in this past week of january it was Jan- like january 21st it wasn't i'm sorry it's not a subpoena um it's a request but it made trump really mad um and so we'll we'll listen Will to this someone and- think of the children the house committee on the january 6th riot has now asked ivanka trump to cooperate with their investigation In an 11-page letter, the committee outlining their questions for the former president's daughter about the former president's actions or inaction, they say, before, during, and after the attack on the Capitol. In particular, they want to know more about a conversation the former president had with the vice president, Mike Pence, on the phone. Ivanka Trump was right there in the Oval Office when it took place. A couple of things. Uh, First, just for context, that conversation allegedly goes um, uh, Trump on the phone with Pence and he says, you can either be a Patriot today or you can be a pussy. Yeah. Uh, he was asked about that on camera. <laughs> he didn't deny it. Like he, he walked he, around it. He didn't yeah. really even walk around it. He was like, I wouldn't say that's necessarily inaccurate. Like it, it's like he admitted it. Um, one thing I, I want to point out that's important though. Liz Cheney talked about it earlier about, uh, <laughs> she, he, t- she talked yeah. about how, uh, Ivanka Trump like was present during, Trump sitting there and and avoiding Meadows and like watching whatever TV. Yeah. yeah Ivanka Trump had come in and said like you got to stop this a couple of times I don't want to paint her into a good guy because fuck Ivanka Trump but the fact that we know that means that somebody really fucking close is talking 
because like the fact that we were we can get as close as what was happening in that room means somebody that's really fucking close is saying some shit that kind of gives me a little bit of hope like that's the one shred of hope in this entire episode that's the one thing that like i still have all that fear that nothing's gonna happen but like at least there is somebody close in the circle saying this is what was happening in the room i'm completely fine with them subpoenaing Trump's children. Fuck yeah. Trump tried to come Absolutely. out. Absolutely. 100%. Trump, Trump tried to come out and, and they paint were it like, all over like his cabinet. Well, that's the thing. This, yeah. this is not like they're just bystanders. Yeah. If, if the Democrat. Don if, Jr. was on the fucking yeah. stage. Like if they were trying to bring in Hunter Biden, like he doesn't work for the administration right now. He has no power nor authority. Trump brought them in and gave them jobs and yeah. authority over like the Middle East. They're in the shit now. Yeah. Trump doesn't get to play this. They're coming after the children. They're 40 years old also. Fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to go to my 54-year-old softball game. <laughs> <laughs> They're not minors by any means. No. I also, I will point I out also that, um, don't give a fuck if they go well, after Baron. I guess I, I was going to say, after I guess Baron is... Go yeah, after Baron. doesn't know He shit. knows everything. He's the golden ticket. <laughs> he's, he's the kid that had the, the glass on the door. Like, he, I don't know. He's can got you the water force children to door? testify no. against their parents? I don't no, think you absolutely. can. I don't think you can force Definitely children not. to testify not probably for very good reason. Yeah, definitely um, not a minor. I will say that uh, the other Trump son is not going to be any good because, as we heard from Liz Cheney, he had to text Mark Meadows to get a hold of Dad because apparently he doesn't have Dad's number anymore, <laughs> yeah, which is fucking weird. <laughs> the only one that's not that's kind of in the clear here is, is Eric. It was Eric Trump because he's unloved it so and, oh, much yeah, that he's not even around. They're just like keep that ugly redhead away from this fucking stage. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I'm good. Go after the children. You can't have it both ways. You can't have like this, like crazy. Like, was a Kushner involved the, in that? Too? Out in the open, he not so not far. So, okay, um, I didn't think so. You can't have this out in the open nepotism where like Ivanka Trump just like yeah. is getting paid to be like a fucking advisor or whatever. Like she's not doing shit though. Like you're literally just using the office to. While she to, promotes her, her clothing stature. Band. She's on yeah. Instagram, yeah. TikTok, and Snapchat. Yeah. And then promoting her clothing brand through so, the White yeah. House. Yeah, no, of course. Go, go after, after them. them. I, don't, I don't give a shit. I don't even care. Like, And don't sit here and be like, oh, Ivanka's the hero because she was telling him to stop. Any sane fucking person should have been telling him to stop. Like, the only people that, sh- that I can see, like, for real, the only people I could see, even for as shitty as they all are, the only people that I imagine like were yeah, true believers, like would have been happy to see that happen. Bannon, Stone, Flynn, like those yeah. Alex Jones, those extreme characters, and Green. probably probably not even Alex Jones. Well, I think like, he was. Ex- I mean, he's defended it afterwards. At the time, they did scare him, though. Yeah, because Alex Jones is a pussy. But also, I don't think he expected to go. Like Roger Stone wasn't there. Those guys got everyone for a minute, and then they went to the fucking the hotel. You know, right. they went where you know. They're not idiots. You don't stick around when you get the mob and the pitchforks going, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. That's it. That's all I got for this episode. It was long. It's it's ridiculous. We'll kind of put a bow on the series in the in the next one, um, and it won't be as heavy as the as the last couple have been. Um, but but yeah, and like I don't know how to rate this. This isn't one where I can be. There's too many fucking characters to be like. It's, it's clearly un-American. Yeah, like it's well, it's fascist. Yeah. Like it's it, treason. It's everything. It's, it's everything. Fascist, yeah. Treasonous. yeah, it's fraud. Like yeah, it's one hundred percent every single. 
it's the reason for this. Like, it is the reason that we sit here and we do these every week and we go through and talk about how shitty people are, <laughs> like certain specific people. Um, you know, so I don't know. And now yeah. we will end on that Hoobastank song, The Reason. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Nice. No, we won't. Um, so, yeah, that'll bring us to the end, though. Um, we will be back. But before we go, Jim, can you tell the listeners how they can find us? Yep, we have a Facebook page, and we can be found on Twitter, at Real Un-American. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. And Franklin, can you tell the listeners how they can support the show, please? Uh, you can follow us, like, subscribe, share, and review. Episodes are available uh, whenever. And, of course, <laughs> bonus content is available over at patreon.com forward slash unamerican. So go check that out. And, as always, we appreciate your support. We do very much. Thank you both, and thank you to our listeners. We will return next week. Uh, before we go, I didn't do any dishonorable mentions. I figure that, like, there were so many. If there was a name mentioned them, in this episode yeah. Yeah. that wasn't on the January 6th committee. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to do dishonorable mention this time. What I will end with is, uh, is I don't know. Um, what do you want to end with? This is weird. Let's get a booster. This. Go get your booster. Go get your booster. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's a weird end. <laughs> Uh, well, then I guess we'll just end with, uh... Un-American is a Feverheart production. It is hosted by Brandon Condick, Franklin Everhart, and Jim Hillman. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. Contact us at unamericanpod.com at yahoo.com and be sure to support us on patreon for exclusive bonus content